podcast. This is season five and year five, I can't believe it, of Let It Out. I started this podcast back in 2013, five years ago this month. And I couldn't be happier that I did. You've heard me say this before if you've been listening for a while, but this is the greatest thing I've ever done. If you want to start a podcast about anything, you should, and I will help you email me. My email is in the show notes. Of all of the many things that podcasting has given me, I'm most grateful for all of the people it allows me to meet and have these long-form, meandering conversations with, like today's guest, Lacey Phillips, who... Wow, she is magic from her style to her aesthetic and her tea infusions and not to mention her message and what she does as a manifestation advisor. She really inspires me big time. Her work has been so meaningful to me. I was actually pretty nervous to meet her in person because often when something is so meaningful to me, I just don't want to be let down. And with her, it was honestly the the opposite of being let down. She is so real. She's the real deal, you guys. She is kind. She's genuine. She's smart. She's articulate and so beautiful in all of the ways. I could gush about her all day. And honestly, I basically do. I've been telling everyone about her and her site, Free and Native, since my friend Katie showed me her a couple months ago. And if you are new to the podcast from Lacey's Tribe or just new in general, welcome. Thank you so much for listening and finding this episode. I know you'll love this episode with Lacey because she's wonderful in it, as usual. And hopefully you stick around to the end. And also, I hope you peruse the very robust archive. Stick around there. There's over 200 episodes. And most importantly, subscribe because what's coming up, I'm so excited for. The conversations that I've already had for this season are, they're just so great. I can't wait for you to hear them. I've recorded with amazing people. I can't wait for you to hear. And at the very end of this episode, I'll tell you who's coming up next week on the podcast. I think you probably already know her and love her. And if you don't, I can't wait for you to hear that one too. Okay, if you're not new, welcome back. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a minute. We took a brief break between seasons, and now we are back, hopefully better than ever. New theme music composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Hopefully you love it as much as I do. New album art by one of my favorite collage artists, Zoe Harmon. And links to both of them will be in the show notes. And right now I'm just in this big phase of growth and change. I'm creating a new internet home which will be available or launched, whatever the word is, not for a while, but I'll tell you more about that later. I'm making a lot of new content, doing a million things. I'll update you in the future because this is a very long, impactful, meandering episode with Lacey, and I want to get to it as quickly as possible. It's one you might want to have your pen and paper next to you for. I've been really liking taking notes on things that I listen to that inspire me lately, whether it's a audiobook or a podcast. Honestly, I haven't really had time to do this, but I want to do this. I'm going on vacation this weekend and I hope to do this on the plane 
It's, it's like a form of journaling and listening. It helps you remember things better. I don't know. Take it or leave it. Or you could just listen to this in your car while you're walking, doing the dishes, or just sit and listen. I don't know. You guys know how to listen to podcasts. What am I telling you? We talk about so much in this episode, manifestation, of course, but also body image and our relationships with food, feeling your feelings, style and design and fashion, envy and expanders, labels and why bad things happen to people in relationship to manifestation, advice on manifesting partnership and maintaining and keeping a healthy partnership. We talk about my blocks to her program Unblocked and how to get the most out of those, reprogramming low self-worth, just so much more. I love this conversation so much. It's long, so I want to get to it as quickly as possible, but a few quick announcements from Lacey. She's actually releasing a brand new offering on her website. It's called Supported, and it's a new subscription-based lecture series, which I'm 100% buying right after this, and the link to it will be in the show notes, and she's generously giving us all $10 off with the code Katie. That's my name, K-A-T-I-E, and she gave me a heads up so listen carefully that her platform is pretty finicky so if you don't enter the code correctly it ends up charging you full price for whatever you're buying so she said to put a little sentence describing how to correctly use the code you guys are smart people and i'm sure you'll figure it out but listen carefully you first need to put in the code press enter and then the amount is subtracted, the $10 is subtracted before you put in your payment info. So make sure you do it that way. The link to all of this and how to do it will be in the show notes as well as links to everything we mentioned in this podcast. I adore this episode and I recorded it a while ago in Brooklyn when she was here in New York. She was here for a couple months and it was so nice. We got to get lunch at Di Maria and she came to my event at Cat Beauty, which was epic. And I just wish that she was here all the time so we could hang. But at least we got to do this podcast and you'll get to hang with her and me and eavesdrop on our first friend date, which was so lovely. I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. I'll talk to you later and that's it. <laughs> enjoy. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you in part by FreshBooks.com. You know FreshBooks. You love FreshBooks. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I use FreshBooks. I love it. It's the easy-to-use online cloud accounting software. You can personalize the colors, and you can even add your logo. It's great for sending invoices. It really makes you look buttoned up, and it's great for tax season. You can even set up FreshBooks to import expenses directly from your bank account, so whenever you purchase something for your business, it instantly uploads it to FreshBooks. I love it. And FreshBooks is ridiculously easy to set up. It's made for people who don't like dealing with numbers and their taxes. Right now, FreshBooks is offering a free 30-day unrestricted trial to our listeners. So to claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash let it out and enter let it out in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash let it out and enter let it out in the how did you hear about us section. Thank you, FreshBooks. Guys, I love a clean apartment, but what I don't love are the nasty chemicals found in traditional cleaning products, and that's why I love today's sponsor, Branch Basics, a very cool, sustainable, and affordable cleaning product line. Their products are all one multi-purpose concentrate that makes cleaning simple, affordable, and sustainable. 
all of their products are refillable and significantly less expensive than similar single-use products. They are not only safe, but their company also is eco-conscious and completely sustainable. I really love these products. They work on everything from sticky messes to terrifying stains. They have really made my life easier. I use them on everything from my laundry to cleaning my bathroom. Check them out and get 15% off your order of Branch Basic products by going to bit.ly slash L-I-O Branch Basics and entering the code LETITOUT at checkout. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash L-I-O Branch Basics and enter the code LETITOUT at checkout. Thank you for doing Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so happy that you're here, and I have, like I said, I have tons of notes and questions on you, so if you see me looking down at my computer, I'm Perfect. not, like, texting. I'm, yeah, you I'm should. Sure. That would be, <laughs> I'd be impressed. It's, like, solid multitasking. <laughs> I'm, I, like everyone, I'm, like, terrible at multitasking, even when I think I'm good at it. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I like to boast about it, but I, I think everybody's terrible. Yeah, yeah. It. We like to think we are until I, the, and then it, something goes awry yeah yeah <laughs> well yeah thank you so much for doing this I told you I found you six months ago and like really dove in and I love your site I love your aesthetic I love everything you do and then I did reparent <gasps> I did I saw that yeah and how was your experience it was good and I'm like kind of still doing it okay great like I recently saw call me by your name and yeah. I was like I need to redo the teenage part portion and so I did that totally deep imaging last night great and because it seemed like that kind of brought a lot a lot up in me so I did that and I feel like I'm just going to kind of keep working through it slowly perfect and I also got the formula formula and magnetism I have it and I was like totally freaking out before this interview because I was like well, I need to do opulence, I need to repair it, I need to have the thing done, or I'm going to do a terrible interview and no one's yeah, no, going to like the podcast. Not at all. I think the less you know if you're asking questions, exactly. the better. So I was like, yeah. I'm going to just enjoy this when it's my time, yeah. and I already like have a baseline of your work that I think I can do an informative interview, Totally. and I don't need to put that pressure on myself. But No, and I like something I always tell people is... Even when they're seeking clarity and stuff like that in manifestation, they'll see testimonials and they'll be like, well, that person's came and this, but what if I don't know what I want? And we're so divinely where we're supposed to be learning the lessons that I always tell people like, please go at your pace that's authentic to you. So I give full licensing. Like I'm (laughs) glad that you're listening (laughs) to yourself and your heart and you don't need to know anything, but I'm glad that you do. Yeah. How long are you in New York for? Till February twentieth. Oh, nice! Yeah, you have, we're like, here. A good trip. Yeah, <laughs> I love it here. We're trying to spend like more time in the fall and winter here. So. Oh, that's so cool. I know. So, what? Let's start there. What you grew up in LA and you live in LA and you're in New York right now. And I know that was something that you really wanted to do and manifest. And here you are. What are your thoughts on New York and this? the city and then also LA where you live. I actually grew up right outside of Yosemite and also another place in the Central Valley called Modesto but my mom grew up in LA so we would come and visit once in a while when I was little and I can say even maybe everybody has this feeling but I always had a feeling when I was little that 
I was meant to have a really big life mm. always. <laughs> I think a lot of people probably feel yeah. that. So I even remember being really little and always going, I'm going to live in LA or New York. That was just something that I yeah. thought was, and my mom had been an actress, so it was natural that I'd be like, I'm going to be an actress in LA or New yeah. York. But I love them both so differently. Actually, which is so interesting for me is LA. I've been there since I, I think I moved when I was 17 and a half. Wow. And so I've changed so much over that time, but it's becoming such a dry, hot, bata city for mm. me that I realize that I thrive a lot more in green nature, um, a lot of moisture. So who knows where we'll actually end up soon. Um, but LA's fantastic it's laid I mean you can live so many different lives yeah. in LA it's crazy yeah. every neighborhood is a whole different experience yeah. and I think when I look at LA even since I was little I look at it through a rose-colored I don't know lens where yeah. to me it's still just one big like Led Zeppelin music <laughs> 70s obviously they only spent a limited amount of time there but that's sort of like the the vibe I think of yes when I think of that's LA. gonna change the way I think of LA the next time I'm there I hope Make you should have magical. that experience yes <laughs> and so New York I came here actually for the first time when I was 17 and um, back like four years ago, I came for a little and then we've been coming because my fiance has a clothing line. So he comes for market all oh. the time and I have a lot of clients here. So we just schedule those visits at the same time, which are four times a year. And I love New York. I can't That's live so here. Cool. My endocrine system would never be able to handle it. But I was even walking to a massage the other night and I was like, being a stranger in New York, and maybe you felt this when you moved here, mm -hmm. it's like the most romantic thing on the planet by yourself. It is yeah. so magical. New York itself feels like a lover in its own yes. way. I mean, maybe I romanticize it because <laughs> it's always new and different to me. I'm almost to the point where I'm like, I don't want to get to know people in New York because I <laughs> want it to always be this stranger to me, you know, um, but it's such a different beautiful beast like to me I feel like you can absolutely wake up and culturally do anything you want like tonight I could see a play go to the Met you know I could go to some wellness thing yeah. I could eat like a great hot dog you know like yeah. whatever you it's can do anything you can go to the park and walk it and feel like you're kind of in nature yeah. I just think it's so magical yeah um, but to me I've always always there's there's probably like a weird old soul connection because I've been manifesting living here fall and winter. I think I started at 25, putting wow. that on my list. And um, the last partner I was with, he never wanted to come here because I was trying to make it a thing. He's an artist, and he, I, just, I think he really connects with L.A., and this current fiance and partner, he has his whole production studio <laughs> happening in LA. So it's interesting that I keep ending up with partners that are like, mm, we can spend a tiny bit of time yeah. there. But yeah. if I were by myself, I would live here September 1st through January 1st. Oh, and wow. then I would live in LA the rest of the time. Or maybe somewhere, yeah. maybe just summer there and somewhere a little bit. I just got back from Scotland and yes. I would move to Scotland tomorrow. Really? What was the connection? What was the... 
I have never, and I travel a lot, mm-hmm. especially continental Europe, and I've never felt such a soul connection wow. to something in my life. Like my heart in the highlands by the locks, mm-hmm. my heart felt I like I must have lived there before, or yeah. and I felt like it was sirening me there for months. That wow. I kept getting the ping, which we can talk about. Yeah. It was like you have to go to Scotland, you have to go, and wow. I was like looking up real estate. I would have happily it, and also I can always tell how my body's reacting because my like a lot of issues that I have on an endocrine level, which are blood sugar instability that partly into hormone issues. They all started to heal and go away, and that's where it became so... In the moment I landed in L.A., I just... This acute anxiety started, and all my stuff started to flare up that I was like, man, I need to move somewhere like this pace of life, this green. And it has this whole mystical component that I think everybody probably thinks of. I didn't before going, but it's just like... I don't know, like, it has this, uh, like, a hobbit or a fairy could jump out at any point. Oh my gosh, that's magical. <laughs> amazing. I'm like, everyone go to Scotland. Yeah, wow. I know. Oh, wow, that's so cool. Well, what you're saying about New York, I think, is interesting because it's, compared to L.A., I had someone on the podcast, Josh Radner, said, New York is a better setting for a movie because even though LA, you know, can kind of be whatever you want to make it. Totally. New York, there's something about the fact that we're all kind of going through it together. And forced into it. Yeah, yeah. where it's he his words were your best days are like euphoric and amazing and your worst days are horrible, horrible. and terrible. There and is that like, it's like extreme deep spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. And I've actually like I've done New York a few different, and I've done LA like a few different ways. I've done it poor. I've done it making a little bit of money. Like I've done them in such different ways, and they they are so so incredibly different. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I yeah, when I was walking a few days ago, I was like, I love that I'm forced to be out of my bubble. Mm-hmm. That I have to pass all these different people on the streets, even if I'm not engaging. It's yeah. really. Because in LA, I'm just in my car. Yeah, you're in your bubble. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like you're really faced with humanity here. Like, you have to see it and acknowledge it. And it it can be... Like, today, I was on the train, and it was so crowded. Because I got here at 5. But if I had been in a different state, that would have really bugged me. But Mm -hmm. I was so excited and jazzed Mm -hmm. for this conversation. And my day has been great. So I smiled at, like, four people. And the door was about to close. And someone, like, summoned me in. And just, like, things like that where I'm like, this is the most magical city ever, you know? And I think somebody probably, like, yelled at me as I was walking later. But, like, I... Yeah. It's all what you... Yeah. It's, like, what you... What the state you are in, it's like so mirrored back to you. Oh, by totally. the city. Absolutely. You know who said something really interesting to Mama Medicine, Deborah? We were kind of having this conversation, and I was like, How do you do this in New York? How do you stay here? And she, and you know, like she can see auras and all of that. So I don't know her well, but very okay. cool. <laughs> so yeah, I went to see her because she can see auras and so cool. we're trying for a baby and that's where the baby lives and oh, that's how you communicate cool. with them. So I was like, I have to go see her. And um, I just asked, I was like, how like in Soho living in Brooklyn and she's, you can tell a very sensitive person, how do you do this? And she was like, A, I had to stop focusing in on 
like one specific and bring my perspective out to a collective but she also said have you ever seen or just cried in New York on a street before six people will stop and ask are you okay do you need anything and I was like that's so yeah it's such a different depiction than what people make it out to be and she's like there's a deep sense of empathy and humanity here as well yes you know it's so true I love like hearing the little pockets of conversation like do you want to break up or what or like you know just like one line and then you have like you can tell yourself a story of like you know what's happening with them and it's 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 all so magical yeah it shows our connection which I think is like always I'm always happy to see me too yeah and to experience somebody else's experience from afar is really fun it's very voyeuristic and interesting Oh, okay. So that's kind of your present here. You've just landed here. I want to go back a bit to your Zoom the Lens Back and start at the very, very beginning of your work. And you and your work really examines childhoods. And I would love to know what you were like as a kid and how that shaped you or you know what you've had to unblock. But yeah. what were you like as a kid? What did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah, it's an. I had a really interesting childhood, I think. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people can relate who have had this childhood, but so my mom had basically just gotten kicked out of her home in high school because she was being so bad. And so her mom said, you're going to go live with your grandmother in Mariposa, California, which is right outside of Yosemite. So she cruised up there to go to like a bad school. <laughs> I don't know what you okay. call them, but you know, like... She wasn't doing well in school, so that's where she met my dad. I think they were 18 and 19, and they just were hanging out and got pregnant, so <laughs> I came along. and um, So they were really young in high school? Very young. I think my dad had decided that he wasn't going to do high school anymore. He was just going to go straight to JC, so he got his diploma and went to JC. Or what do you call that when you get a your GED and then you go and so they got pregnant and everyone was like what are you doing don't have a kid you're so young they weren't really in love or anything like that but my mom couldn't get an abortion and I, I mean she just chose not to she felt guilty about it and obviously I have a really um introspective perspective on emotions and people's uh, inspiration for making choices I believe she just came from a very unloved home and had never experienced love so I think for a lot of people the answer for that can be a baby whether it's in a marriage Mm -hmm. or if you don't have a sense of your own love so they had me (laughs) And, um, and I then was in a really interesting situation because she was a waitress, he was a roper, and then had to go get a real job, which became, um, he became an insurance salesman and then broker. And then when I wasn't with them, because they split up relatively soon, I had a whole bunch of other caretakers that raised me. So I had a a total village. I lived between like four different households in one week. (laughs) It was insanity. Um, So I had my aunt and uncle who were... They are my my father's sister and her husband, and he's Iranian. So I had this really like incredible dynamic um, of modeling that's Middle Eastern and that culture, which is very family-oriented, and he loves children. So he was really present with us. So they were very educated and stable and made great money. And I had 
I have two cousins that are their sons and we're all kind of the same age. So they were kind of my brothers growing up. And then aside from that... Are you still close with them? I am in a way. We're, I mean, we've lived apart for so long because yeah. they're still in my hometown and I love them so much and I love watching their kids you know, grow up. But we are... I mean, we haven't really lived in the same town since we were yeah. 17, so it's so hard. Even though I know we love each other so yeah. much, it's hard to be hyper close. Yeah, um, But they're fantastic. And then... My dad's parents also helped raise me, and they were really, they were kind of my, like, biggest sense of modeling for caretakers. They were truly, like, the most loving, the most Mm -hmm. stable. It's also where I was first introduced to anything alternative, because my grandmother was really into it. She was a medium, and they had a house in Santa Cruz, their summer house, so (laughs) we were always there, and she was just always into weird shit, like bathing nude I mean just it was all around like crystals all the things and so I really got that from her um so my childhood it was like that's a lot of the good obviously I think that a kid being raised by two kids in a lot of different homes has a lot of uh places where the ball can be dropped with self-esteem and connection and you know um stability which is I think so important when you're growing up So for me, by the time I moved to LA and I was an actress, I think my, even though I came off as a very confident person, I think my self-esteem was pretty low and insecure. Um, And I don't think being a model or an actress helped that in any way. It only fosters those insecurities. And I do always like to make the point and tell people, when you see, and a lot of my body of work um, after April of this year is going to be centered on a whole new collection of work of authenticity. But when you see these, for instance, I'll pick celebrities because it's a pop culture that so many people uh, are familiar with and the collective consciousness. But when you see someone like Angelina Jolie or Jennifer Lewis, that's her name, Jennifer Lawrence, Mm -hmm. or someone like Gabby Hoffman, who is incredible, but not the traditional, you know, starlet, It's fascinating to watch when you see them in an interview. What makes them so magnetic? There's many things, but what truly makes everybody tune in and can't take their eyes off of them is how they are so authentically, vulnerably themselves and not trying to do an ego dance. They're very detached. They're really, really just vulnerably being honest. And, you know, when I work with artists and myself included, when I reflect back on this, I was so not in (laughs) love. and it really was such a reflection of how I mean growing up with my mom alone and she grew up in a household of sisters where everyone was so beautiful but there was a raging alcoholic father Mm. um, a totally ritualistic religious mother and so there was no love there was no self-esteem no self-worth but what they all were loved for constantly were their looks and so that was very much inherited for me so a lot of my worth came from beauty and looks and everything external and I had no true sense of what my authentic uniqueness was inside and so when I started to actually manifest a lot and throw away what I call sort of pop new age think positive rhetoric 
and started to do the work on my self-worth and self-esteem, I was like, oh, look what's starting to show up when I step into my authenticness, my truth, and then also my power. Um, And that's where I started to kind of figure out this whole process of like, hmm, that never fails me. That is fascinating. So it's so cool how you've debunked so much of this through your own experience. So you're in L.A., you are acting and modeling, and I think I heard you say someone gave you a book on manifestation. Totally. Is yeah. that how it came to you? And yeah. so talk a little bit about about that time, and then I really want to get into some of the concepts. I, I have a few that I want to hit on, but really maybe addressing this, what you were starting to say about the you know pop self-help and all the Abe books and totally. the whole gang and... You know, I've been to in a place where I've used it as yeah. spiritual entertainment. Almost. Totally so like, right. It's like laughable. Yeah, yeah, like I got a, I'll turn on a video of like Abraham Hicks pimple, oh. Abraham Hicks relationship thing, Abraham Hicks whatever, like just wanting something. Yeah, and then not understanding really how to use the concepts. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, yeah, so that's how it came to you. So then, did you? have success with it tell us everything (laughs) so yeah no this is a great question so I you know so my mom's like a hyper Libra very very intuitive I mean she's very naturally a medium and also very clairvoyant things come to her in her dreams constantly so even though that was so bad in her household growing up which anyone if you have a sensitive child with extra sensory like sensory what do you call that um extra sensory abilities so yeah it's really important to give them confidence in that and to I don't know not be afraid of it because her mother was very catholic and a lot of biblical writings you know talk about how bad that is but I think we all have gifts and so she was always really into it and secretly into it. And we always had a family intuitive and she did tarot and all of those things. Um, and so it was a family intuitive that I finally consulted when I started acting and what's actually really fascinating. And this isn't to boast about me in any capacity, but she told, she, you know, saw this and told my mom right before she'd spoken to me, she was like, I see Lacey winning an award and she's going to be really big in the world like Oprah. I don't see it like acting. And I remember being like, fuck that. She's not right. I'm going to be so big at acting. But that's really fascinating when I look back at her old premonitions. Um, She's so right. And she had said at the time too with my mom, she was like, you're going to go into the medical field because my mom's a paramedic now. My mom's like, no way in hell will I ever be in the medical field. So she She's fascinating, but the book that she did suggest when I was like, how, like, what do I do for acting? I am so poor, you know, like, how do I kind of control my reality in some sense when you have so little control over it in the arts? And she had prescribed the book, The Game of Life and How to Play It. It's a very old book from the 30s. Um, And so I read it. Like, I actually still have my original copy that, you know, has all the underlines and my notes and all of these things. And I mean, I followed that book to a T. I was so militant because I just really wanted some more success. And it 
though it taught me like a lot of beautiful spiritual principles, it, it, I just wasn't having any success with it. And that then that's right about the time when the secret really became oh, big wow. and it hit the scene. And I was already hooked on manifestation yeah, at that, like, right? Cause, I already know all of this. <laughs> well, more than that, I was like, I want to manifest like yeah. the things I want. So I was, I was in the rabbit hole. Yeah. And then that led to the hicks and all of the things. And I think I've read pretty much most manifestation books under the sun and I have them in my library because I'll refer back to them of what to do messed up but um so I think I got really fed up it was around 25 that I finally was like okay these things I've been thinking positive till I blew in the face I've been following all of this like keeping my thoughts, like really trying to keep them in the, or the yogic life, not kundalini yogic, but like more of what we practice in the West where it's yeah. like peace and love and I'm really fucking peace and love Yeah, now. but then I'm going to go in the parking lot and like yeah, and flick I'm, someone off. Totally, yeah. or yeah, or have a freak out or a yeah. meltdown, but I'm not going to acknowledge those feelings because yeah. I, I really want to move them back into the positive so that vibration doesn't attract yeah. this badness yeah. to all that superstition Um, and so at 25 was around the time where I was starting to actually do some work on myself and starting to step into my power and I started to actually notice it with relationships first relationships are what made me learn this modeling pretty quickly because I saw that when I would step into my worth and turn down tests and all of the things that we can talk about in here uh, what I would ask for specifically on a list, like down to hair color, this, that, I mean, crazy specifics, I would manifest it. And I'd be like, holy fuck. When I would meet the person, I would be like, this is magic. You are. And I would show them the list and be like, I don't think I'm crazy, but like, what was their reaction to that? Always, uh, that, well, this current fiance is very spiritual so to him he's like oh I went to India and I called you in you know it was I was finally met with my match in a beautiful way and my last he's so wonderful but this is something I will say about Torin men they're usually unless they've gone through some sort of big trauma Torin men are so earthy and so into groundedness and pleasureness that they don't have a big spiritual connection so to him he'd always be like oh that's cool what you do but I do this like which is none of that so we couldn't like rejoice in that together which is totally fine but um things like that would happen I mean constantly and so I started to go okay fucking throwing away all of these books that have failed me and I'm going to just start doing what I do or playing with energy and I've always had a really weird gift that I was born with, and maybe it's because of my mom, where I understand energetics very well. Like, for instance, I can tell if this thing happens, this thing will follow. I just am very understanding of how energy fills space and how it moves. So you had that before Mm -hmm. you even started reading the books? Absolutely. And I didn't honor it much because nobody had shown me how to hone in on that or how to because if you're an insecure person odds are you're not really listening to your intuition very much because you don't feel worthy of it on a subconscious level so it was also around that time that I was like no dude I'm always right like I knew that was going to happen before it happened and I know when she said this this would fall like I started to really honor it for the first time and it's not crazy I was also stepping into my worth you know and growing my low subconscious self-worth and so that's when I started to really play and I started to notice 
these books are bullshit in the sense that the universe tests me every time when I've stepped away from something that was no longer serving me and started to step into my power, I would get tests. And I started to get to the point where, and forgive my language, but this is just how I speak, where I would be like, don't fuck with me, universe. I'm not playing around here. Like I asked for this and I'm not settling for less. And that's when it would show up. So it was like, I was doing the work. And then I started to realize too, that until I had seen enough and believed enough of something existing, there wasn't space for it to come through. So a lot of everything I teach was just through my own research, through trial and error. And that's when I started to, especially with relationships, once I had it down, I mean, you can even ask my friends who were with me single last time, where I would be like, watch. And I could just, I could be like, a test is going to come, here comes a test, and then I'd be like, bam, there's my person. And I, wow. the list, all the things I'm asking for, and that's when I started to really understand, think positive, stay in the vortex, all of that does not matter at yeah. all, and more importantly, it's debilitating people. Yes. It's so, it's such a disservice, and I say that from a place of like suffering for so long in that space where I could have had things so much quicker and aligned with things that I really wanted that were within my heart and not even ego. See, I'm not some like famous actress or anything, which all was a very egoic asking to have my parents finally see me and love me and all the things that we set out for when we have ego wants. Um, so it's like, that's a big part of my mission and message is to be like please welcome your polarity please welcome your negative emotions they are not going to manifest they are not what's like manifesting your thoughts don't manifest it's a far deeper than that yeah and you you say this in the in one of the videos that I watched like think about it for a second of course our thoughts don't manifest it would be a shit show totally so like we think in polarity all day long it's like I'm stuck I'm great this that bad like as if we're that powerful right it's a joke right which is so I I still so I feel like I because I grew up Catholic Catholic school the whole thing wow and I feel like I, I switched that programming for the Abraham Hicks yeah. and the spiritual and whatever to the point where, you know, that was so dogmatic and rigid and I have a person personality type that's, you yeah. know, that is part of Ritualist me. Or Ritualist or obsessive. I'm the yeah. same in a lot of ways. So I, I pick up that stuff easy and I did that same, I apply that kind of same rigidity to new age, mm-hmm. pop new age stuff that we were talking about. And then, you know, finding your work is like this breath of fresh air it's like taking off a shoe that's too tight but I will say it's it's taking time like even now I had all these weird rituals of like if I thought something that was bad or negative I was like don't focus on that like quickly think of something else me too and I even had this thing that I would say where like and I actually did it just now like during this conversation because I'm like oh this is so good I'm like looking at the recorder I'm like did I press record I like had a moment where I was like oh it's not gonna record and then I say in my mind when I say something that I don't want to happen I'm like cancel cancel oh I see all these superstitions oh I had okay so mine would be um 
Because that book, the first one I mentioned, uh-huh. would say, you know, bless the person and just send love, like to cancel out the energy right okay. away. Like send the, and so I'd always be like, I bless them. I bless this. I bl-. And it's like, this is such bullshit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, you know, what's really funny. I have this Ukrainian friend that uh-huh. we were really close friends when we were in our twenties. And it's so fascinating because I think every culture just back to prehistoric times, we all have superstition for how things yeah. happen. And so she has, I mean, the Russian culture is so superstitious where it's like, never step on a right foot. Don't do this. If you do. And I would, and it was funny when I would start to notice that I was like, oh my God, this is me, but just in spirituality. And I had also so many of those. And that's where I'm like, guys, please let it go. And if there's anything anyone takes away from this podcast, like the only what is there's a few things that are truly making someone manifest but the most important i believe is that your authentic energy the universe god source vortex i don't care what you're working mm-hmm. with i believe it's only objective is to get us into our true authentic nature of why we came here and guess what everyone's so unique and different and as human beings in the human experience a lot of that isn't pretty and that's where if we can start to just welcome who we are truly our true authenticness and we can get closer to that watch what starts to happen in your life when you honor that yeah that's alignment that's kind of everything that's when people say flow like whatever alignment is when you're aligned being authentic it's being authentic and like I tell people authenticity isn't something that you're doing it starts to turn into honoring you so it's like a great tiny exercise I'll have when people are so far away from truly listening to their intuition and themselves and not understanding what is authentic or not, I'll always tell them these are people who they've had so much shame happen or they were the, the un, they weren't pretty their whole lives or they had a mom that was very emotionally abusive or verbally or these are people who have shrunk so small that they're people who actually benefit from having an ego mm. they really benefit from starting to step into that ego which ego starts to mean indiv- individuality separating from the collective consciousness and sometimes that's the perfect medicine when you feel no sense of worth at all so when you're when people are starting to play with the energy and this is a lot of what my work will be about in the new and the rest of the year just the energetics around authenticity because i understand energy so well where i'm like the opposite is usually always more magnetic and that's not the truth for everybody but what i mean for that is i'll have people start to all day long just look at their preference where and i have them question it's just so simple where i'll be like all day long, I want you to look and go, I like that. I don't like that. I like this. I don't like that. And starting to learn who their authentic person is. So for instance, Mm. if something comes along and they're like, I love this. I like that. I have them question. Do you, do you really, is that programming? Do you like something? And it, there's no right answer. You can only lie to yourself your true authenticness that is your magnetism so it doesn't matter what it looks like if it's positive or if it fits into some mold your uniqueness is actually what's going to magnetize everything to you when you step into that and you expand wow okay this is blowing. that's such a great exercise yeah that's a big one that's so small like people are always like 
I don't have clarity. I don't know what I want to do. And I'm like, okay. We got a lot of questions. Okay, good. (laughs) And like, number one, you can sign up for the newsletter right now on the blog and you'll automatically get a deep imagining and some exercises to start learning what, and deep imaginings are my hypnosis process, are starting to just look at and understand People who go, I don't have clarity, it's A, they divinely aren't supposed to yet because they're picking up lessons Mm -hmm. and learning things that they're supposed to, that once they do have that clarity, it will all hit them and come together that they had the tools they needed to follow through with it. So it's like, if you're in an unclear area, even though it feels so frustrating, it's actually one of the most magical spaces to be in because you're discovering yourself and collecting everything you need for that moment you hit your clarity to move forward. I always say like the universe is never going to leave you hanging forever. It's needing you to collect what you need to get into your authenticity that once you get that divine download, you can just bam, you have the tools to run into it. Whether it's that shitty job that you're at and you're spinning your wheels in, I can guarantee five things you're learning at that job are what you're going to need when you have that clarity to carry through with this career you're supposed to have. So I tell that to people. Yeah. But, and we can maybe just get into the clarity questions when you have, that the other part of the clarity thing, either they just haven't seen it yet, meaning like the expansion, they haven't actually seen that the thing exists that they're wanting to work on or call in or career they just haven't seen it yet or the other part of it they're so out of tune with their own intuition because they've had so much programming their whole lives that have told them that their intuition's wrong that they don't know at this point how to tap in and listen to it I love all of that and I want to get I think you kind of are alluding to expanders which is Mm -hmm. partly what what they need but before we get to that when you say connecting to your intuition yeah what when that is something that is challenging, what is your advice for doing that and connecting? So I always tell people, number one, exactly what I just told you. It is literally step one is, do I like this? Don't I like this? Like preference. It's just quick to start to learn and start to honor your truth because we are astounded. When we become conscious of how much we're just going with the flow or doing what we learned or following through with other people's perceptions, it is baffling. (laughs) And then you start to uncover it and you're like, I actually don't like this and I don't like that. So that's number one. If you don't have a sense of how to listen to your true intuition, number two is start getting rid of anything that's something you don't like. Like I know if it's something big, like a job you have to be in, obviously that takes time and type in career on the blog and you'll get some resources for that. But if it's as simple as someone you spend a lot of time with that doesn't make you feel good, they got to go. Like you got to start anything that's not reinforcing your authenticity is going to continue to reinforce not to listen to your intuition. Yeah. But before we get into debunking some of the, your kind of main cornerstones of, of what you teach, I want to pick up on something we were talking about just there with the superstitions and, and kind of what you were alluding to. You talked about this in one of your old posts of not, if you can't get out of that job, like you were just saying, or you, you know, can't change something immediately mm-hmm. to protect yourself because you talked about this in this, this post that I, I got caught in my head 
um, because I loved it so much where you talked about, you know, if someone says something to you that knocks you out and, and gets caught in your head, it's okay, but you just are kind of like, oh shoot, I'm going to have to do some deprogramming yep. work to fix that. Like it's not a big deal, but what kind of advice can you have for people for protecting that from happening or to deprogram mm. kind of quickly when something comes at them that takes them out of what they want yes that's a great question and so number one i tell people especially if you're a new manifester or new at manifesting this way because a lot of like a lot of goal books or manifestation books will be like share the more you share with the more the vibration Mm. is out you're speaking the vibration so it'll come back it's all bullshit so what i say is like i'm a big proponent of having manifestation boundaries because if you are new to manifesting and you haven't, I always say trust in the universe or whatever you're working with, it's like a muscle. And I don't believe that trust is something that should be given. I think it's something that's earned after over time, for instance, with manifesting, the more you manifest and the bigger it is, you're going to trust manifesting a lot more. You're going to trust the universe or whoever you're working with a lot more. You're going to take bigger leaps of faith. So it's something that's like working out the more that you work it out and manifest, the more you'll trust it. So if you're new to manifesting and that trust muscle isn't that strong, don't share what you're manifesting. So that's number one, don't share it because whenever we're doing something, especially if it's against the grain of what we've been doing, there are going to be a lot of people, good and bad, most of them who just love us and have our best interests at heart, are going to tell us all the reasons why we shouldn't and it's not safe. And that is such yeah. a problem because they knock us out of our own authentic journey. So I, for instance, for years would never tell people what I was, if it was, especially if it was something really radical and big and different, what I was manifesting because. I would just get the same feedback that would really uh, make me question it, discount it. Again, if you're working on your intuition and strengthening it, anytime something's reinforcing uh, against your intuition, you are going to... Intuition's energy. So like when I feel it and see intuition, it's very strong and projecting or it's very small and little. It's just like self-worth or confidence is another kind of physical term to put that in or energetic I don't common term to put that in um when we start sharing things that's vulnerable of what we're calling in and manifesting or our intuitive insights of where we're supposed to be going and we get a lot of pushback from people who aren't supporting it it's going to take that energy and make it small again and low so i'm a big proponent when i'm working with clients they'll be like oh but my mom i'm like don't fucking tell your mom i told my rule number one one have boundaries and i had to learn that the really hard way and i did and it's so fascinating because as soon as i would really manifest what i wanted people didn't question anymore because it wasn't fearful or there wasn't something unsafe about it and they really respected what i was capable of so it's like that's number one and number two another big thing that i think is really important with this is i if i'm working with clients i tell them please do not go see psychics please do not go do that if you're working with me because unless it's someone you've had your whole life that is a hundred percent accurate every time what can happen myself included is they will 
that experience, if there's, I believe in free will and co-creating. I don't believe that there's any total destiny. I believe that you're constantly co-creating. So if you go to a psychic who has a really profound impact on you, but starts to imprint all these limiting beliefs of what can and can't happen or where you're going, it takes heavy lifting to deprogram that through expanders and through deprogramming. So you're going to have to do like twice the work in order to get rid of that programming. So those are kind of my two that work really well for me and my clients. It's like, make sure you have boundaries if you're new to this and you don't fully wholeheartedly listen to yourself and stay in your power. And two, please don't go stay. (laughs) Like I have clients that will, because I understand when we're in a place of needing hope and needing insight. Yeah. I, if you have an intuitive, you seek that never tells you futuristic things, but they'll intuitively comment on like, I feel that this is good or that of what you're already coming up with. Fine. But please don't go <laughs> to like futuristic people. Or if you're working with me, don't do it. Um, just because of it's going to take a lot yeah. more work if it yeah. goes against the grain of what you're yes. manifesting. I'm so glad we talked about that because I think that's so important for doing this work and keeping it, getting the results or getting, you know, feeling the clarity is not to be knocked off and those things can knock you off so quickly. Absolutely. I'm glad we covered that. Okay. Something else that I want to get into. So you say, and you believe, and I also believe that our beliefs are what we manifest from, not our thoughts, which we've been talking about. So let's get into our beliefs and deprogramming and, and talk a little bit about, you know, your offering, unblocked especially reparent and why you know I mentioned that a bit at the beginning but starting with childhood and going back that far and specifically why shame is so harmful absolutely so what I started to learn for myself obviously what we said is I was like "Mm, my thoughts aren't determining a lot because I'm spending an excessive amount of energy trying to be positive and trying to visualize what I want um and so I started to It was really weird and intuitive. I was so young and I remember being on the beach, having studied nothing in psychology or anything like that before and questioning myself. I was actually looking at patterns in dating of men who had showed up in my life. And I was like, I'm just so curious. Do they resemble anyone from my caretaking, like whoever raised me? And every single one of them represented someone who and I have so I'm different than a lot of people because I have so many caretakers so when we have so much different imprintation we're attracting so many different types of personalities I relate to that so much my mom is one of six and the same sort of thing village yeah so fascinating it's so fascinating and um I mean that was so young and I started to really journal and I was like wow it's actually interesting because this one particular person in my childhood they are the reason why I'm afraid of this. And I started to map and look at stuff. And I was like, this is really limiting me. Um, And this was super early on. And then I started to myself, like study a lot of different modalities in psychology. And, and I started to go, wow, this is profound when you actually do work and not in psychology. Unfortunately, a lot of it is talk therapy So it gives you a lot of awareness, but nothing was a deeper subconscious um, situation. And for me, I started to realize uh, that obviously I don't believe thoughts attract what we want. You know, they don't, they're not what are the drivers for manifestation. I believe it's 
beliefs, but even more importantly, subconscious beliefs. And I started to notice when I would do my own versions of mapping, I was like, every single block relates back to childhood. Like, I'll find something in my 20s and I'll be like, yeah, but did this ever happen earlier? And it would always, always. And like about 14 or 15 is when it felt really solidified when I would map, it would always come back to under 14 or 15, the original belief or the original dynamic or relationship that I was continuing to manifest today, whether it was coming or not coming. Obviously, if it was coming, it's because I felt like I had worth on the subconscious level. If it wasn't coming, (laughs) it was because I didn't have worth, that something had programmed that I was unworthy of something through shame. And so shame is the biggest creator of our shadow when we're growing up and even in our adult lives shame you can thank shame for anything you're not manifesting in your life or you can thank having never seen it on a subconscious level before so shame is the root of every limiting belief we have and you can always tie every single thing back down to when you felt unworthy or unlovable however it's in the subconscious state where you can actually manipulate it and shift it and so when i work with people it's through hypnotic which you've experienced Mm -hmm. it's a lot of hypnotic work because that's like where the beauty of neuroplasticity comes in where we can legitimately recreate our neural pathways and the way that they circuit and connect and so When I started to do a lot of that on myself, I started to see that the world showed up to me totally differently. So, so much of my model and my message is we're not manifesting from our thoughts. We're manifesting from the imprintation that was developed through the ages of zero to 14, which all comes from pure programming, media programming that we witness, relationship modeling through our caretakers and our parents, how our parents viewed society, um, how our teachers told us if we were worthy or not worthy. And all of that's comprised and it's what we're still manifesting today, whether good or bad. Every single dynamic, (laughs) every single thing that's coming into your life is from an imprintation you picked up during those years. And so, yeah, it's a, <laughs> I know it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> and it's so, okay, I, it's, don't worry everyone because <laughs> there are programs that exist mm-hmm. because of this amazing woman that I'm sitting across from Thank who you. can help you to release all this Velcro and we're going to get there and we're going to, we're on the way there, but quick pick stop. So you realize you get so into psychology and start realizing the subconscious and mirror neurons and all of these things. This is after, this is when you're still really young and acting and after you read those books. No, this was in the last five years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So Through more recently. So many. Yeah. It was probably, yeah, the last five years, I would say. That's when I started more of the hypnotic work was around five years ago. And then I started to really develop my process through tons of reading and so much and honestly so much of it has been intuitive as well like I'll discover something and not have a language for it and then I'll pick up a book on shadow and I'll be like that's the terminology so it's like this is a really weird thing to share but like for me I feel a lot of this information is channeled through me Uh, for whatever weird reason I'm supposed to be helping people on this level I don't know why I certainly didn't choose it by any means. Um, and so for me, I'll get a lot of channeling during meditation. I'll get where, where, for instance, something will come to light where it'll be like, um, 
for it'll be like that thing that they're denying about themselves that they you know um feel shameful and it triggers them if they were just able to start to accept it that and really live it and own it that then it would de kind of block that it would open up that space for them to manifest and then I would stumble on a book that's all about shadow of like rejection and yeah and starting to integrate your aspects of self that's what I think is so interesting about your work is because so for me I don't I don't need the science I don't care about the psychology if if somebody who I like and I connect with and I relate to will tell me I will do it like I will I'm that's yeah but like my boyfriend for instance or like a lot of people I know totally want to know that this is steeped in psychology or that this is like this is what this is and this is what this is and then it works the same for both people but people just have different lenses on it and I've heard you talk about it in both ways I've heard you articulate it with the psychology and breaking down exactly what's happening that way and then I've heard you talk about it in the more intuitive way and you really blend both and I think what strikes me most about your work and why it's been so meaningful to me recently is because of how articulate you are you you are so articulate and clear explaining just sitting across from me I've been thinking about it this time and I've been you know preparing for this listening to you on other podcasts and the way you write obviously but you're not only so articulate with it but you're also relatable and funny and so engaging so I feel like it like can you just live with me this is amazing can you be my PR person of course (laughs) I'm on it but but really I think that's that's something that like we were kind of tongue-in-cheek saying earlier of like not another guru and another yeah. um, moon circle and, you know, yeah. I'll bless them. And yeah, 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 yeah bless them. <laughs> <laughs> but totally. it's kind of like, yeah. it, it's nice to just, let's just be real. Yeah. And let's just talk about this and let's, these, this work is really meaningful, but also, you know, it's okay and you yeah. make, it's light. Don't and, take it seriously. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you, I guess it's not really just a question. That's more of just what I'm what I'm thinking but have you always been so articulate have you always been an, a good writer and like uh, talking about these things come so naturally well you know what's so fascinating is like I don't consider myself a good writer I'm actually there was a, a very long period of time that I was like deeply insecure about it because since I lived with so many caretakers I also moved schools constantly um and I just didn't have many people that cared about my homework too much I mean they wanted me to do well but they also couldn't sit down and take the time to do it with me so I'm terrible I have like a terrible grammatical sense I'm dreadful with all sorts of things like spelling so uh what I think I think in a way yeah even I remember my fourth grade teacher pulling my dad aside and being like she has a real gift with writing this is Mm -hmm. something you guys need to develop you know rather than like sports and things like that um but I think for me, I've always been a personable person. I've always been articulate in a lot of ways, but it wasn't until I started doing a lot of work of just owning who I am and where I'm at and letting that shame go. For instance, having a lot of insecurity around my writing. I put it on the blog. Like a part of my owning process is to put it on the blog all the time. Like I'm a. I would get people that would email. I'm like spitting while I'm talking. I would get people that would email like once a week, and they'd be like, "I noticed all of these errors, but I I love your writing. I have that too. (laughs) Can we trade for coffee? That's exactly. Nah, if you don't like it, don't tune in. Like it's who I am. So when I started to own it on the blog, I'll say all the time, like. 
I have, a, I have a terrible sense of grammar. I just own it. That's when I could, again, that's when we're starting to learn energy. It's when I could step more into my authenticness instead of being so shameful and like not sharing things or not having a blog, a blog of all things because I'm, af- I'm afraid of my writing or rushing out to go academically, like teach myself. That's all shame-based. I'm Truly, I just have a message that I'm channeling to people and the beginning uh kind of modality for that has been writing through a blog it's obviously turning into youtube and things like that but it was just something i had to get through so it's like i don't really care about you're missing the point if you're (laughs) you're looking at that so to answer that in a layered way i think being when you can start owning all of your shame your faults and really stepping into that power and this is very different than ignorance it's not i'm not talking about being like because ignorance, when we see that, when I see that energy of ignorance, you can see that a lot, for instance, with politicians, mm-hmm. um, that sense of ignorance, it's a different way of rejecting your shadow, right? Because you're like, it's the other spectrum where you're becoming so egoic about it. And so it's just another form of protection. But when you can actually release it all and own it and just be like, this is who I am, this is where I'm at that's a different form of authentic magnetism. So I think when I started to own that, to be truly honest, people started to tune in more because it was me. I'll get people who, you know, will come to me and they're like, how do I manifest it? It's funny. How do I manifest a bigger um, social media following? The first question I ask them is, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid and hiding so much still? Where are you hiding? Because where you're hiding, that's the energy that's resonating. People aren't coming to someone's social media or someone's anything because of the content. Usually, some of it's really pretty, so it's content based that's resonating. But most of it's an energy of the person. So wherever I always say it, like what we don't own owns us. Mm-hmm. If I constantly am shameful about my writing it's going to own me and not many people are going to tune in. If I just own it and I'm like, hey guys, I'm a hillbilly and I write like this and you can read it or not, that's fine, but this is my message I'm channeling through this modality, a lot more people are going to tune in. It's that simple as starting to get into your authenticness. Now, if I had that shame, but I also am a diehard academic, my authenticness is the thirst for academia and I go and better myself through academia, that's honoring my authenticness. But if I'm just doing that in order to be more pretentious or interesting or respected, again, that's another way of getting further away from my intuition and my authentic self. It's another form of what, say, a politician's doing. I'm just hiding behind a different mask rather than owning my truth. Wow. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes so much sense. I I wanna go back to the thread of where we get with Unblocked, but while we're on on this, you talked about something recently that I wrote down in my journal because it really resonated, it like hit me hard, where you were talking about authenticity as a little pearl within us. Mm -hmm. And we are, I guess I have you right here, but I'll try to articulate and you tell me. So basically we're protecting this pearl within us and we all have these different, you know, how thick our shell is, is based on all the things that we picked up like Velcro through our lives. But if we, the more we let it out, like you were saying with, um, you know, movie stars and people who are really magnetic, they're magnetic because they're using their pearl or they're showing their pearl. They're showing their pearl. Yeah. So is that something 
that and and I think you brought that up because you were like when you're from that place when you're using that pearl in within you and you're then you don't feel depleted and you can have more energy can you talk about that absolutely so I always look at my most magnetic clients I have a handful of them that and a couple of friends who are so 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 magnetic I feel like they're aliens that have been transplanted onto the planet who like (laughs) probably me too who like (laughs) bypass shame somehow or lots of shame um so to start this off I first want to say all of us came onto the planet as our authentic selves, right? And of course, if we want to get super hippie and spiritual and out there, which I kind of try to avoid a little bit because the message doesn't resonate as deeply with a lot of people, but our souls, whether we're new souls or we've been traveling for a long time, we've also picked up shame and pain and all of this stuff in past lives. But I'm going to start with this. <laughs> this <life>. So <laughs> when you're, you come onto the planet and you're born, you are truly your authentic state right then and there. And if we were to completely, um, I don't know, change parenting as it is today, which I think is going to take a lot and a lot and a lot of years and centuries, the true way we should be raising children is to watch their pearl, their authenticness, watching it unfold, and us nurturing and guiding that. So if a child's showing you their um, strengths and their interests and their gifts, allowing us in a very safe way to nurture that, to find them mentors for it, to not shut down anything that they're going through, all of that, like to let them unfold and so gracefully bring those gifts and their authenticness brighter and bigger. If we did that, everyone would be an incredible manifester on this planet because they would be so truly their authentic selves. However, that's not really the case. I would say, I mean, I'm yet to meet a parent who can really do that. And I myself am not a parent yet. I'm sure I'll fuck up all the same, you know? So without realizing it, without really, because I have my own programming that I'll put on a kid. And I always say there's only a few things you can really give a kid. One is self-esteem by what I'm talking about. And two is believing in all of their dreams, all of them and giving them resources. Even if you don't have money, finding ways to trade and help them. Like that's the other big one. And then also not shutting down any of their natural inclinations, meaning like their sexuality, their philosophy, their sport like whatever their thing is please like, I don't know that's a, such a big yeah. political topic but if you can do those three things you're going to have a child that's a pretty good manifester so that's where I'll start with with our authentic selves now the work that I teach people is trying to crack open that big shell that we're all and the way that I like to put it is m- most of what we are today is just a total compilation of an ego shell that's around the pearl, meaning that everything we are, whether it's from what we wear to our interests to where we live, is usually what we were loved for when we were little. Mm-hmm. So when we're tiny, we are so organically, authentically our own person. However, if there are circumstances around that are shameful because we're an evolutionary species and when we're doing things that won't receive love and nurture because we won't eat, be fed, and survive, we 
kind of put that away into what's called our shadow. So we start to get rid of those true authentic bits of ourselves and we become the shell of what was loved and what was accepted, what did get us further. So (laughs) that's why when people are in stalemate and they're not manifesting a lot, it's because that they're so far away from being that pearl. Um, And even when they think they're close, they're still usually pretty far away. Um, And that's what all of the work that I'm creating and trying to create is how to bust open that shell and how to be in your power as that pearl, because that is your most magnetic state. Yeah, so this is basically what your work with Unblocked does for different areas, but especially with the one I'm most familiar with, Reparent, goes through what you just spoke about. Because I think, you know, what we were talking about a couple of minutes ago and what you just talked about right now, like how... I'll speak for myself. It gets It's really overwhelming to me and frustrating and I feel sad. And again, so much love. They did yeah. the best they could. Oh, everyone. It's everyone never... Everyone did the best they could. But totally. like you said, everybody has... You could... You, I, this is your line, but yeah. you... And no matter how great you think your childhood was, there was yeah. probably something that... Always. Yeah. It's a human experience. Exactly. And I, I think for me, what I feel sad about sometimes is, is doing reparent, which I'm so glad exists and I want you to talk about. But I feel like I am so sad that I have so... I feel like I have so much to... So much gunk and so much... My, my pipes are so clogged yeah. that I just wish that I could you know, crawl into your womb. <laughs> That's the creepiest thing anyone has <laughs> no, ever No, I love said. that. That's really But be sweet. reparented, you know, and like, yeah. I, it's funny because, you know, you say to call in your most magnetic parents. Yeah. I think because your voice is on there, I'm like, oh, like, Lacey would be such a Aww. good mom. <laughs> That's be- Thank you for That's saying probably that. probably very creepy. Feel good. But... No, no, no. It's really beautiful. It's just because you associate it with warmth of your nurturement of authenticness. That's yeah. all. Yeah, and... Anyway, so I, I think it can just feel so lofty. Yeah. And your work, obviously, I'm asking a question that's maybe rhetorical, but it's possible. Can you talk about how it's possible to reprogram and unprogram and, and how you do that and what you have to offer with that? Absolutely. So, like, the one thing I like to tell people is it's a lifelong process in the sense that, you know, whatever age you're starting at, you had all those years before of programming, you know, of not even really truly on a subconscious level asking yourself, who am I authentically? So I always say, give yourself a break. The moment you start doing it and start like delayering, you are automatically creating magnetism because I always say what creates situational magnetism is when you do any step that starts to step into your authenticness. That's what the universe reacts to. When people are like, I'm doing the work, but no tests are coming. It's because they haven't actually um, created situational magnetism. They haven't let go of something that's not serving them. They haven't done something to truly step into their authentic selves yet. But when we do, for instance, actionable ways of doing this, or like when you leave a relationship that's not serving you or a job, um, even little stuff, when there's a friendship that's really toxic that you let go of, the universe perks up and it's like, oh, look who's creating magnetism by stepping into their authentic self. So it starts to throw things your way. So even if it feels lofty and big, and when you're in there, you're like, oh my God, I need to do this for a lot of rounds and revisit this. uh, Don't worry, just starting it is already creating magnetism. It's already working on you. It's already 
moving things in you um, and allowing you to show up in the world a little bit differently but it can release a lot for people depending on what you went through how sensitive of a person you are how you handle experiences and trauma or small traumas of just shame when you're like fuck that really sucked and that hurts like even if it was something so small as a kid on the playground and you're like you don't even realize because you just stuff it that's what I did and I'm I'm just trying to learn to feel again yeah. because I've and you know my therapist has told me this for years like I think my feelings and yeah. I'm trying to be in my body more and, yeah. and feel because it, it all comes up but yeah anyway and that's how it like manifests into illness and all right. of the things we're fam- are you an air sign what are you Taurus oh you're a Taurus that's interesting and you but I mean you guys are very intelligent and heady so that's not crazy do you know what your moon and your rising are yes Leo moon uh-huh there you go um and I forget what my rising is I'll okay look. interesting but um that's what most people if and there's a book I'll recommend to everybody and a lot of listeners may have read it for this exact thing called Letting Go by David Hawkins. Okay. It's fantastic for this of how to just like really start releasing the stuff out of your body. It's it doesn't take you into the deeper subconscious work. Obviously the workshop will do that, but it does show you how to move through through those levels of letting go, of grief, of anger, of, you know, pain, sadness, to happiness. Um And then another thing I always try to tell people, I'm like, have support around you when you're doing this, you know, whether it is like a really great friend to a therapist, to a 12 step group, to, I don't tend to have a lot of support anymore. I did early on, but at this point I'm like, Ooh, I'm just going to move through this because every time I do great stuff starts to show up, uh, you know, cause I'm really showing up in the world differently from more authenticness. Um, but even if it feels lofty and overwhelming, like the big message is take it at your pace, revisit it. Like this is a lifelong journey. You, I, before I even started this work had, you know, 26, 27 years of programming of low self-worth of reinforcement of that daily in an industry that reinforced that it's going to take time to, to feel confident enough to show up as your authentic self and to trust that and to start putting that authenticness forward and making decisions from that authentic place. It takes reprogramming and work and time, but by God, will you start to see manifestation happen way more than you will think positive and making a vision board. Like that, that is something I can detest to wholeheartedly. Yes. Okay. So tell us about unblocked, in particular reparent and how those work on your website i have a million more questions yeah 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 this is a good time because absolutely i'm alluding to this is kind of the way you deprogram that absolutely and so for me the way that unblocked came about was because with my clients and my practice i'd be like read this book do this thing and they would be like who has the time and they just wouldn't do it and i'd be like you're wasting your money if you're coming to me and not doing the work so i need to think of something where i can condense down the actual information that pertains to manifestation of work that they need to do. And I had seen my friend, Lauren Spencer King, who, if you don't know her, she's incredible at breath work and has her own very amazing digital workshops that you should take. But she had put out one of her breath work workshops and it just all clicked to me. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so accessible. It's so beta. 
I can price it at a point that I could have afforded when I was at my poorest because my goal is to reach the people who need it. And so once I had that, I was like, oh, I have all the things that I can start creating for people that I need them to do. I needed the platform. Um, And like I need she expanded me. I need to see to believe how to do it. And so the way that they work is they're $68. So again, I always am like two lunches with a girlfriend or dinners with a girlfriend. So user-friendly. So yeah, just easy, like... Great aesthetic. Thank you. And that was the... I was like, I want to make this so beta that there's no complication that you just get in and you do the work when you have the time because you'll get two months to do it. And most of them are from five to eight days of work of 20 to 30 minutes a day. And then I tell people, I encourage them to do it at their pace that feels right. But while you have those two months to go back and go back through layers and reparenting reparenting and shadow are the most important when it comes to manifestation it's really learning what blocks are living in your subconscious and a lot of them are in your shadow so reparenting specifically takes you through all of the phases of childhood through conception utero and it's basically telling you what you should have been developing as and receiving to be magnetic and then it'll lead you through exercises of journaling and then it's going to take you through my hypnosis process to really see what's living down there in the subconscious because that's when it's forward and it won't lie to you Um, so it's really important to deal with what I say earlier, what I said earlier that we're manifesting that imprintation of zero to 14 or a little bit later. And then shadow is really going to have you looking at specifically those aspects of self that you're rejecting. So like earlier I talked about being like a hillbilly. That was a really triggering word for me because so much of my mission when I moved to LA was to uh, like be chic and cool and nobody could tell and that yeah. nobody could tell I was poor when I was little I really had rejected so many things about me that I was nothing but a shell and my self-worth was so little and if somebody ever discovered like that I didn't go to college or all these things about me I it was so debilitating because my self-worth was so tiny and hinged on this total shell I had put together like die wasn't manifesting anything uh but when i started to integrate those really triggering aspects of hillbilly poor i mean there's so many that have come up for me and i really started to own them it's like nobody could trigger me at this point with yeah. it i have no shame around it anymore my, my community knows the own world it. knows yeah. own it what we don't own owns us and it will always have power over us and it's also the biggest disservice because you're not your authentic self you are hating your authentic self yeah. <laughs> that's what you're doing yeah. and to be this magnetic person who's attracting in all the things you want you need to be become your wholer authentic self that should be the intention through your life is to that's what power is and not power and egoic like take over the world power it's your own personal power your generator your um, aura that's projecting out it's your power it's not a masculine thing it's um, a very beautiful and owned thing so that's what it means so those are the two biggest and most important And then I just, and another thing, everybody, they mostly for the majority come to me for money, career, um, 
partnership, like calling in their partnership and uh, home. So I was like, well, I would say, because my wait list is until uh, September of 2018 right now for in-person sessions. Thank you. But I was also like, that's a big disservice to people. So I'm just going to make these as unblocked. So if you are trying to work on clarity in your career or you're, you have financial issues, go sign up for Opulence. It's $68 and it's going to walk you through all the things that I'm going to do with you in session. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's going to have you go through and take inventory of the shame you picked up around money and seeing what your subconscious beliefs are, where your physical blocks are, all that kind of beautiful stuff. And they're so explorative. You learn so much about yourself through these where you're like, yeah. light bulb, I had no idea yeah. that I was operating on this on autopilot yeah so there's that relationships launching february 14th so again i mean yes sign up for a session after relationship if you're still feeling like you have individual questions but most of the stuff pertaining to manifestation the energetics of relationship are going to be in that course and it's literally 16 and it's so accessible and user-friendly Oh, Thank I'm so you. Glad that exists. Yeah. What were any? If you don't, maybe they're too personal to share. But what were any in reparenting big ones that well, came up for you? Well, I think that this is funny because I wanted to talk about this anyway. I the I had a couple blocks from my own rigidity. Mm-hmm. Or like, am I doing it right? Yeah. Or like, am I? Do That's I remember? Yeah. Do I remember my childhood memories enough to do this? Oh, I, I this is a huge one for me, mm-hmm. Lacey. I would think about something else mm-hmm. and t- it would take me out of the deep imaging yeah. or I'd get really tired and I'd fall asleep yeah. or, you know, all of these things. Or I didn't do it the eight days in, in a, a row. row yeah. Or, and I, I finally recently just, because I've talked to so many people mm-hmm. Who are my friends who are like, oh yeah, this Lacey, do you know this Lacey? I'm like, oh, are you kidding? I'm, oh, I'm, so, I'm like, people are going to be manifesting. Yes, it makes yeah, me so no, it's great. There's like a whole crew of us. Awesome. Um, but, but yeah, it's just the more people I've talked to, they're like, oh no, I didn't do it in the great. days and it's fine. So I'd love if you could talk about that because such a, there's I feel such like great there's questions. still a lot of unblocking and a lot of, and I, I have such the personality that, you know, when you ask me that question, I'm like, well... I don't know. I probably haven't unblocked enough. I probably need to keep unblocking. And I probably have, so, like, I know what my magnetic parents look like, but I'm not trying to, like, yes, you know, like don't all worry. these things. And I feel like I need to keep, keep on it. So yeah, just maybe you could talk about that. Great. Yeah. No, this is great. And those questions are universal. I need to like write them out somewhere on the blog, like support for unblocked because it can waste so much of your energy and time. And it's also a really um, good depiction of like where you are in your authentic power because it's, you're still questioning so many, which just means that you are probably raised with rigidity in some way, shape or form. So you feel like if you're not perfect, you're not doing things correctly. But like number one, do it at your own pace and time. However, people who fall asleep because they are therapeutic. In fact, if I've been working with clients all day and I'm so out of my body and my nervous system is so strapped, I'll throw on one of those to take a nap <laughs> like, yeah. because it just takes you deep. But if you do find that you're falling asleep, I just tell people sit up in a chair. Like that's a great uh, remedy to that. Also, people are like, but I don't have childhood memories. And I'm like, you do. But as a protection mechanism, even if you had a perfect childhood, we leave our bodies or we black out. That's two of our biggest defense mechanisms if we were sensitive as a child. 
child. So if you're doing this work, don't freak out if memories aren't coming up. This is what will start to loosen and unhinge them because it's going to feel safe when you meet your magnetic parents. You're going to start to go, oh, okay. Because our subconscious, when we're in hypnosis, it can't tell the difference between what's real and not real. That's why it's so powerful for neuroplasticity. So when we start to give it these safer circumstances it will unlock some of our memories and all of a sudden we'll be driving two weeks later and we'll remember something that we've never remembered before yes that's happening i bet it's probably Mm -hmm. starting to unhinge so that is so normal and okay and i tell people like there's no right way to do this like use those two months to come back around to it and see where you're at there's no perfect way and in fact the more you can listen to your intuition throughout the better. Another disclaimer that I need to write somewhere on the blog is the more relaxed you are when you go into a deep imagining, the more powerful mm. and the more that will upheave the clarity. Meaning I'll do them after an Epsom salt bath or a massage or something that's really made me grounded and my nervous system calm because it will allow everything to open up so much more in the subconscious. That makes sense. But if I'm spinning out from a day of work and I'm out of my body, my subconscious, it doesn't even open up, yeah. you know? So... Yeah those I just want to say yes. relax like, okay. <laughs> but I need to write yeah. this somewhere because no, people great. have well, these questions. right now at least it's here yes <laughs> the, for me when you asked what has come up and this is something that I wanted to talk about anyway but my big my biggest block and kind of thing I'm trying to reprogram and and unblock I guess is around body image mm-hmm. and my my mom's relationship with her body and the things that I saw modeled for me in the media and all you know, the everybody had all the things. Ugh. Yeah, that is really starting. That is what I've mostly and I and I thought, you know, like I had the eating disorder, I had the recovery, totally. I had the this and I had and it's the most pervasive thing in my life and that, yeah. that I've really seen there and expanders which I want to talk about have have helped me and there's these things that have helped me but it's still there and it's something we talk about on the show every time which I which I did write down to talk to you about but could you talk about body image I know your work doesn't focus on health things but and even your you know your personal relationship to your body and your body absolutely so I have all the things like I grew up with the really pretty women I think almost and every person will kill me for saying this but just as you just as someone would feel that being overweight or um anything that isn't the like atypical american because we set the tone standard of beauty uh i think also being beautiful is just as big of a curse as not being beautiful because when you're growing up again how we shouldn't be parenting children but you're always Uh, commented your worth is always commented on how beautiful you are and so therefore it becomes your sense of worth and your sense of um, security so I think there are so many degrees on the spectrum I think every woman's affected by body image there's and I'm sure every single man is in a different way Uh, it's such an epidemic in our western society and 
the way, so for me, I had all the things. I've never had a full eating disorder because I love food so much. Food's been my comfort and my drug, you know, so I have it in that way. Um, but I'm, I'm also growing up when you're a child of an alcoholic, you're a control freak. So mm-hmm. you don't let yourself get out of control with anything. Yeah. Like I've never blacked out drinking before. You know, you're so controlling. Yeah. Um, and so for me, the ways that it manifested is that I would try every diet under the sun. Uh, and I think that that's actually what's contributed to most of my issues with my endocrine system. If you ever look at a woman who had, like fertility, if they ever have fertility issues it, and you trace back, most of them have always yo-yoed and swinged with diets. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have a consistent diet of protein, fat, <laughs> like nourishing fats to really, really uh, nourish your hormones and protein, which is obviously what builds everything in our body. So I, the way for me, um, especially having been an actress and a model, I would do ever, like, I mean, there was one point where I was doing like a 500 calorie diet, which you could say is a form of anorexia, <sighs> yeah. um, because I wanted to look like a ballerina's body. Yeah. It's such a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. And in fact, like anyone who's in wellness, who has a voice or a blog, this is something that needs to there needs to be a me too campaign for this yeah. there needs to be normalization to around this. And that's what i try to do by talking about it it's every so week. important because i've never met a woman that doesn't have some form yeah. of this not one it is an epidemic so pervasive so pervasive it's terrible and it's it's contributing to everything in our life to our hormones to manifesting our mental clarity like that's what I think you know the control and the sitting on your hands and the not going to the thing because you don't know about the food and you don't know if the it's holding us back from what we could create in the world like I always say like I could be the president if I would have well yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) your version of whatever that is but I could do whatever I wanted in the world if I the amount of energy I took to counting and strategizing and yeah. controlling yeah. all these different diets and so. fashion like all the it's yeah. just such a mess so for me personally um i work on this mostly through expanders are my biggest ways and uh, like i'm pretty like diligent about it so for let's instance, define what an expander is too because yeah. I, I think we forgot to do that absolutely so in my process like when you read in a manifestation book that's like visualize what you want and it will come, I tell people that doesn't work because it's in the conscious mind. And again, we're manifesting from the structure of belief from childhood. So if there's something you're wanting that you didn't grow up believing and seeing that you could have, it's not coming through because there isn't space for it. So you have to actually go into the world and find expanders, what I call seeing as believings or expanders, meaning that you relate to this other individual or thing enough and that they have what you want. Therefore, your subconscious through mirror neurons registers, oh, well, they have that. I can have it too. It's possible. It's possible. And that's what creates space in your subconscious for this actual manifestation to come through. And you'll want a couple of them, especially though. I always say the lower your self-worth is to the thing you're calling in, meaning on a subconscious level, the more you believe you can never have it, the more expanders you're going to need Mm -hmm. that reflect something you recognize of yourself. So meaning if you look at them and you're like, oh, well, they come from money or they're pretty or whatever, that's why they could have it. And I can't because of X, Y, and Z, they're not your expander. You can also pick up 
um, fragment expanders, meaning they don't have the whole pic picture of what you want, but they have tiny little puzzle pieces of it. So that's kind of what expanders are. And you can learn more about that in the formula yeah, magnetism we'll, workshop. We'll but I'll give it. you an example in body image for yeah. me. The two things that have been the most successful for me, three things in body image, um, have been deprogramming shame the more I do that the more worthy I feel in general in my own skin can you talk about that more yeah so a lot to do with shadow and a lot to do with inner child okay. the more I go excuse me go through and I um own and I heal whatever was down below and I expand it the more I just get comfortable in my own body the more worthy I feel um, the second part is is expander. I'll say first because I'll go into expanders. The second part has also been being in relationship because it's another different type of mirror neuron with someone who loves me like no matter yes. what I'm at. Yeah, yeah, without knowing that, that is huge. Me so, yeah, it's so healing. Yep, because I'm not having to be something that I'm not. I'm loved for exactly who yeah. I am, wherever I'm at and how I am. Yeah. So that's and you're being been, seen. It is. It's a form of, ex your mirror yeah. neurons are registering. I'm accepted. Therefore, on a subconscious level, you're accepting yourself mm. where you don't have it. So that's been very healing because I've been in relationships in the past with people who also have their own low self-worth, right? Because wherever they're projecting it onto you, you're feeling unworthy. So I've been with people in the past where I can tell, like when they think I'm bloated and all the, and you just like, if you're with someone who's reinforcing that, it's not your ideal partnership. Yes, it's not yes. going to be what expands you. And then the third have been expanders. And I'll give an example of that. So, of course, as women in Western society, we're growing up around MTV. So TV, magazines, fashion, models. And with that, we're then taking on a shitload of, um, you know, insecurities and problems and subconscious low self-worth. So one of mine, I'll just give like one example of something. And I've had to do pieces of my body. Are the, Sorry, the, are those media, is the media like ac accidental expanders? They can be in different ways. I think like the way I, I don't say that they're expanding. Mm -hmm. I say that it's more of a reinforcement of what's insecure. Mm -hmm. I say modeling, like okay. it's, it can be shame modeling because I don't want to confuse it of what's creating space because it's actually limiting space and what's possible for you. Okay. But yeah, your mirror neurons are registering, mm -hmm. your limbic brain is registering like that's how I should be. If I'm like that, I'll be loved and everybody and in society will want has. me. Yeah. Exactly. So it's yeah. moving you further away from your authentic self. It's yes. a shame. Yeah. And so for me, one of my big things was freckles. I freckles all over my body. And, and I just like, was I don't know, I was so insecure about it. So shameful, mm. especially with acting. I even had a manager who, this really, really well-known, successful manager who was representing me say... Because on my arm, there's like a sun birthmark kind of a thing that's like have, a constellation. I have a really similar one on my leg. Do you? Yeah, I'll just show you. And yeah. I always like like yeah, it. Yeah, it's so cool. Thank you. I have you. almost like the identical birthmark. How like, funny. Yeah. That's fair people. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I have just the person who can laser that off and you'll start getting more work. And she also told me like, get a boob job, you'll start getting more work. So it was like such a, ter it's such a terrible environment for women. But um, I had to do a lot of expanding around that, meaning one day I sat down and I was like I'm gonna find every like 
societal accepted beautiful woman who has freckles all over her body that is stunning so it would be like julianne moore models and i started to find all these people and show my subconscious how fucking rad it is to have freckles all over your body yes and then it just became this like it's kind of like a french energy where it became like this beautiful unique thing about me And I've had to do that with many parts of my body, even though, and I'm fully aware of this, my body, my physical human suit is societally beautifully accepted. Mm -hmm. I've had to work through so much of my stuff and expanders are so, so powerful for that, especially when it comes to aging. I'll go and find all of these other women who are aging gracefully that I identify with and how cool through their style and accessories and their lipstick and stuff that they dress it up, you know? So I even sneakily take photos in New York City. This is very creepy. Of women who I'm just like, yes, that is what I want when I'm 60. Yes. Like, I I have them on my phone and I like put them in a folder. They're my friend and experience. I have this. My friend Val who's on the podcast. I'll we'll send them back and forth to each other. Like, you guys have to goals. start an Instagram. Yeah, like how to yes. expand people through aging. Yes, this would be so helpful yes. for okay. people with body image issues. Okay, it's so funny <laughs> when you said that about going back to the body image expanders. I've been talking about that not with that language, yeah. but on the podcast for years because. One of my, in eating disorder recovery, they tell you that the only proven way to improve body image is through looking at bodies your size or bigger that you find. It's called exposure therapy. Beautiful. And exposure therapy is the only proven way to improve body image. <gasps> so they, it's actually a method of healing where they ask you even if you look at them and and this is what it was like for me and you're like oh gross I don't want to look like that because it's it's someone bigger than you and you're not there yet mentally even if you like find it grotesque and you don't like it it doesn't even matter just by looking at it again and again you become more comfortable with it absolutely because what you see in the mirror then you know if that's something in your because all day long we're seeing images of totally people smaller than us or people photoshopped photoshopped whatever all the things and then that way you know a week later you could be looking at yourself in the mirror and be like well I at least recognize this you know I recognize the way that my butt I guess I can kind of find it cute because I liked it on this other girl, or I at least saw it. Absolutely. Reflecting. Reflecting. That's why it's so important to this see yourself. This is mirror neuron media. work. Yeah. Honestly, that's beautiful. See, I don't yeah. even know that they're doing that in therapeutic. Yeah. Like, and it's like, but you amazing. just uncovered it and have different language for this thing. Yeah. yeah. It's totally, that, but that is so, that is so, so, so yeah. helpful for people. And it's been proven by science exactly like your term wow. expanders. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And, well, speaking of expanders, I wrote down to, touch on envy you have a great blog post that I recently read when I was preparing for this and you make this great distinction between envy and jealousy and you talk about how envy can is related to expanders can you talk about that yeah so I think people like starting to learn how we can identify our emotions again that's why and I don't want to harp on this too much but it is so important when we move away from the rhetoric of think positive we're actually getting into a very constructive zone because the more we can start to identify our emotions they're actually the roadmap that shows us where we need to do the work they're like the biggest key holders of where we have limiting beliefs and where where we're triggered there's 
something down there that's blocking our manifestation. Yeah. So that's why it's so important. And I think people get jealousy and envy um, confused a lot because jealousy, like in a very, like the energy of it is uh, there's something that you're afraid you're going to lose. But with envy, it's actually what you're confused about. They actually, something else possesses something you want. So it's like when you can identify the difference, A, if you're jealous and there's something you're afraid you're going to lose, there's work to do on that, right? Because there's a scarcity there. That usually means in childhood things were taken away from you or you were abandoned. So you need to do work because that's a block that's, you know, could be blocking you from relationships or whatever. But when you move into, um, you know, really working with envy, which really gets into that component of all you're doing, it's shadow work too. You're just witnessing something that you want and you're afraid you'll never have. That's what you're feeling when you feel that. So there's work. That's something you can work with. So most importantly when we get over the like normal human emotion of envy where you have that freak out and that tensity and that fear rise up in you or all the stuff that comes up in you when you can move past that and you start to look at oh they just have something i want they're just showing me that that exists they they become an expander for you mm-hmm. you start to see to believe what's possible so i always tell people the moment you feel triggered through envy don't just walk away from that energy yeah. like use this look at what they have what they represent and start to map out you know there's a great post everybody can go you know as you Mm -hmm. said go look at it it. yeah but that you there's like journaling work you can do around that and you can start to look at well what is it that I want that they have and what do I need expanding on deeper like work with that energy and that's where I tell people when you're triggered don't just let it fly by you when you get pissed or you're sad or you feel desperate or those things they are so beautiful they're coming up to show you where a block is. So it's like, please use that energy. And yeah. like in the formula and magnetism workshop, you learn a daily 15 minute a day exercise where you take that energy and you find clarity of what it's representing. And then you go and do the really quick hypnotic work to reprogram it. So that's where I'm like, please welcome your negative emotions. Yeah. They are your roadmap. Yeah, yeah that, that was a huge watershed moment for me. And this is something I, I ask everyone who comes on the podcast and I want to make sure I like hit all that. I'm putting like pennies in the jukebox that is Lacey Phillips and yeah, I want you to hit all of these, these notes. But I, I wrote my book, which I brought you a copy of. It's all about so journaling excited. and journaling is such a huge part of your work. Expressive writing. Can you talk about how that's been in your life? It sounds like it's something that you've been doing you know, long before you even got into manifestation in the terms that you do now. And how do you, why is it so helpful in this? Yeah, for me, I mean, I've been journaling. All, my first acting class, they taught you like journal every single day. Oh, like they morning didn't pages? Give a, what is it? Like morning pages? Totally. Mm-hmm. They didn't give a real reason why in acting, but I think they were trying to start to have us become emotionally intelligent so that we could really understand the emotion of a character we're playing. So I've been journaling since I was like seven. pretty much daily but for me it's I like to tell people like journaling is a really big process because 
it's a way that our mirror neurons can really clearly totally register and work out what's going on. So mm-hmm. when we just have like our thoughts going haywire and like blah, yeah. blah, blah, and stuff moving all over, journaling is a really beautiful way to ground and start to, to me, it's like long division when I journal. Yeah. It's how I uncover what's up. Yes. It allows me to get that clarity along the way. So that's why so much of my work are journaling prompts where they're like, Go, go deeper, go deep. Yeah. Like I want you to go deeper. So it's more to me, long division of getting that crystal clarity of what that bottom root trigger is. So that's more, it's more, um, for me, it's less about therapy and more about discovery. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. I love that. Gratitude. Where does that play into all of this? And the Hicks work, it's yeah. such a huge part of it. Yeah. So I'd love to hear you speak on that. So like gratitude, just as a simple energy, of course, anytime we're living in gratitude, it's projecting out something that people want to be around. It, however, is not what's determining what you're manifesting. And that's why I stay away from it in my work, because it's another, it can be a crutch for people. People who don't want to do work, if they just want to think positive and write their gratitude list every day, it's a beautiful spiritual and soul nourishing exercise. And I'm all for living in gratitude. I do a lot of gratitude practices myself, but I don't want it to be misconstrued with manifestation because gratitude does not I know that there's roomy quotes on this and yeah. I mean again I lived in that for a long time where gratitude I thought that was what was going to do it mm-hmm. that was what was going to make me manifest and it wasn't so I try to steer clear of it but I love when people have a gratitude practice I think gratitude brings more joy in your life it brings yeah. more happiness yeah. it brings more awareness of what you do have it's like proven yeah totally people, yeah well, another thing similar to gratitude that I just thought of right now with the Hicks work was so pervasive was the assume the energy of what you want before you have it. Yes. Can you talk about that? So like this is, I just put out my YouTube video on this, which is hold the frequency. Like I love to make fun of this one because, um, my two cents on it and I'll summarize what the YouTube video was about is the more that programs like that, books like that ask us to, be something that we're not we're actually delaying our manifestations because we're exhausting more energy getting away from our authentic self than honoring our authenticness and projecting that out in a powerful state Mm. so for me uh I've done it all like I when I was calling in relationships I would fake it till you make it fake it till I would make all that was was egoic like if I was calling in partnership I would like dress up the other side of the bed and like make it like they're already there and you know like like play pretend play pretend like the secret would even have you like wear a wedding ring like if you wanted marriage and all of this stuff and (laughs) Like, somebody please write in and tell me if that really was what... Yeah. And even in the YouTube video, I have people, like, bring to mind. And I'll ask them, and we can do it here, where, you know, you just close your eyes. And you just bring to mind right now the biggest manifestation, the most kismet thing you've ever manifested before. And I'll just give people a second to do that. And if that's come, I want you to look... 
maybe the year, two years leading up to it, were you able to hold that frequency of positivity the whole time? Did you break no. that belief that like, it's coming, I'm gonna fake it, it's here? Yeah. We're human. <laughs> it's Can impossible. I give my example? Yes, of course, people so, will learn from it. So mine was my book deal. Like yeah. getting, I was like, I wanna, I want it to be Hay House and I want Gabby Bernstein to write my foreword. And this was like what I so wanted five years ago. It yeah. was like everything. And, but I had no idea how that was going to happen. And it came to me when I just like didn't care anymore. Yeah. And you're just authentically you, like in your power. Yeah. Yeah. And it was cool. And it's so who I was, you know, five years ago, but now it's like, I want the next thing. And you know, you just are like, yes, it's, you feel far from it, but it wasn't like I was, I didn't do any of the things. It just kind of came to me. Totally. And that's what I like to tell people. Like, I'm sure, too, if you really sat down and mapped out that experience, sure. there's things you did to step into your power yeah. um, and to jump off of cliffs you were afraid of that created magnetism. But I'm sure it wasn't because you faked it until you made it. No, I'm just like, no. I'm yet to really meet that. It's just yeah. a, it's humanly impossible to hold that frequency or to be that thing entirely and more importantly it's another version of stuffing everything down yeah. it's going to all come up in a different way that's not healthy when you have it's like the person and I have this a lot in my practice who has all the money they have the dream job they have the relationship they thought they wanted all the things and they're like why am I not happy now mm-hmm. when they finally have received all the things and it's yeah. like uh because you have all of these things inside of you yeah. you have an address like you need to work through that. Yeah. You need to get rid of that. And maybe it's not even what you want because it's not, you've been manifesting from the shell. Totally. Like, That's exactly. Yeah. And in fact, those people, it's so interesting. I have one client who's, she's wonderful, but she is from Venezuela and her whole programming she grew up with when she was little, she wanted to be a famous singer when she was little and had a beautiful voice. And her single mom who had all this programming was like, really grooming her to become like something very big and safe like a lawyer or this Mm -hmm. or that and also was so unhealthy because the mom's whole objective was like you need to go to the popular parties you need to be in the press like it was all about this stuff guess what she manifested like she came from venezuela did her undergrad at harvard went to harvard law school became a lawyer and did all the things and then she had her first baby or i think it was her second it was like i'm really fucking unhappy i've always wanted to be in the arts and then she she switched over and she became an incredible she's a really big art advisor but it shows you like how that was her structure of belief growing up and she manifested it all but guess what it brought her a shit ton of unhappiness you know but she lived out her programming in her mom's dreams yeah so it's an example of that this stuff is so fascinating I wrote down the word labels because you have this great blog post about how counterproductive and repressive labels are and I would love if you could address that on the podcast and you know why which I know is a question that if this is new to people or people listening to this information are likely to have of, you know, why do bad things happen to people when it comes to manifesting and why are there people repressed and in poverty? Absolutely. And so I was getting that question a lot and I obviously could only answer it from my own philosophies. And so in the article, I really I'll link to that too. Yeah. You guys can read It's really, it's, it's like my clear, like decisive um, answer on that. But 
like luckily I always say this I'm like why was I put into this body with this message like why do I have to seem like a white privileged chick talking about how to get everything in your life it fucking sucks like I mean I just wish I could have a little bit more diversity on all fronts with that but the one thing I do know is and I lay this out it wouldn't be authentic it wouldn't be authentic (laughs) it wouldn't work (laughs) yeah like the only one who's done that, I mean, there's been so many activists and so many wonderful people, but like Oprah really has it all. You know, she can mm-hmm. really, um, she can uh, translate to almost anyone. And it's so beautiful to watch that with her. And so, and it's because she comes from every type of shame, pain, underdog experience yeah. you can have. So um, it's, it is really beautiful to have her on the forefront of so many movements. But so for me, like I lay it out. Like, again, everybody, you know, has heard my story on here, but I really don't come from a white privilege background by any means. And so it was when I I wrote the article mainly to empower anyone from any socioeconomic background, from any cultural background, because my main message is you can manifest if you're willing to step up and deprogram everything you've learned in your life, especially the more repressed you've been. And so through that, I go through and talk about an experience I had in Colombia a few years ago. And I was there, and it's when I was kind of really starting to step into this work and know that I had to put my foot into it. And I was with this very, very beautiful spiritual woman there. And we were all having tacos one day in this, you know, poor village in the country. And a guy pulls up and he's in a Ferrari and he like parks all lopsided and, you know, you just like a lot of machismo and he like orders his tacos and all the things. And it just really, when you're in second and third world countries, you, things like that trigger you much greater than like being in Beverly Hills, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just see the true, uh, contrast, contrast and yeah, juxtapose, juxtapose or juxtapication. I don't know what yeah. to call it. Um, so we got home later that night and we went out to dinner and something sparked in conversation. And I was like, I brought him up and I was like, but why? Like that guy has that stupid car. I've I've obviously never been into cars, but um, he has that stupid car and he could like help so many people in this village. And the woman looked at me and she said, Lacey, you're going to have this all figured out. Like in terms of manifestation and stuff, when you stop seeing the car, and you start to see every car is the same car. And it took me forever to philosophize on that. Mm-hmm. And then I, it came out later, too, that he's a huge, huge singer in the country who does so much philanthropic. I don't know why I can't speak tonight, but philanthropic It's been, it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I've been jumbling my words all night, so I'm Everybody, probably contagious. Like, Rare neurons. Don't totally, on me. Exactly. <laughs> we'll just start speaking another language yeah. Uh, but he does so much for his country. Everyone loves him. He's a really beautiful and big person. And I had to philosophize that for a long time. And I was like, it finally hit me one day. I was like, she is so right. Like the more I started to manifest and more abundance and more dreams were coming true, when I stopped seeing the car, the labels, the differences, and I started seeing everything as the same, that's when I could energetically see the energetics so clearly of what goes on in the world. And so like the biggest thing when people are like, why do bad things happen to people? I will never be able to answer that. Nobody will ever be able to answer that in this lifetime for us. But my philosophy on that, it's fascinating when I have women who come to me who have been sexually abused, 
95 to 98 percent of the time so were their mothers and half the time their mothers would say that's just what happens i believe in things like epigenetics i believe in a collective consciousness and programming when you're being raised so if you're growing up in an impoverished country where you're repressed and your whole belief system and programming is that you aren't good enough you can't have you won't be you're already naturally projecting that into the world therefore when i and i've worked with plenty of clients who immigrated to this country or to other countries and then they go and they start to see through expanders what is possible and they start deprogramming and they just start manifesting stuff that they want so for me I'm a big proponent of not buying into labels things like privilege or non-privileged or like I don't I'm so far beyond not to say I'm greater or more enlightened but my viewpoint I think the conversation needs to get a whole lot bigger than what we're focusing on today like when we're focusing on feminism again yes I'm a feminist at heart I believe in equal rights but like god my vision is so much bigger than being a feminist yeah I'm into like like we're not men and women aren't the same totally I'm like everyone needs healing like I yeah. to me I'm like the bigger picture is eh, true magnetism when we're just talking about energetics like the way that I read energy it's the in-between space it's where light meets dark it's where masculine meets feminine it's where good meets bad uh, all the things it's that polarity is magnetic energy so when I'm looking at stuff for instance, Aries in my practice, Aries are the quickest manifestors if they're unblocked because they, they inhabit that. Most of like the Aries women I know are bisexual. They don't adhere to masculine and femininity as much. They're more in that abstract in-between area. So they can play with that more undefined so cool. space. So when I'm looking at like the greater picture, I'm like, who cares about like people's sexuality? I'm for like all genders, all races, all like sexual orientations. When you start to take off labels of privilege, unprivileged, uh, socioeconomic, this, that, religion, sexuality, you you start to deprogram all of that. Bodies, like that's when you're getting really conscious. That space is where anything's possible. So I'm not a huge proponent into buying into cultural labels. It's just such bullshit. I'm so glad we got that in this podcast. I think that's, I think for understanding and implementing this work to have that knowledge of answering that question helps it all kind of go right in, you know, without the filter. One more thing I wrote down that speaks to, and I want to get to some fun quick fire questions. I would love, we address this a bit, but lack of clarity. So many of the questions that came in on on my phone and in the Facebook group, we're talking about not having your purpose being all the way clear, yeah. knowing a bit about your your purpose and, and what you want and knowing you want, like you were saying at the beginning, and I relate to that so much, of knowing you want it to be something really big and some things are coming into alignment, but just having that lack of clarity. Absolutely. So like what I want to direct everyone towards, there's a few resources. There's a blog called Clarity Takes Time. There's a blog post on that in the blog. There's also, like I said, if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll already get a deep imagining that starts asking your subconscious and some you know exercises around that. That'll all be in the show notes. Perfect. But in terms of clarity, um, 
And everyone's like, do I need to know what I want to manifest before I do this work? And I'm like, absolutely not. Like even in the formula and magnetism workshop, you're going to learn. Even if you have clues, that's all you need in order to start calling in. Even if you don't know what the clear picture is yet, it let's say career, but you know that it is in this field maybe, or it has white walls, or yeah. employees that are nice to you, or uh, that you live in this city maybe, or these three different types of cities. The clues are all you need to start feeding to the universe and co-creating. So the formula and magnetism, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but I just want to mention that for people listening. I'll link to that in the show notes. But that, if you've been listening to this podcast and any of these concepts that we're talking about are relating to you, which they probably are because they sure <laughs> relate to me, and you've been taking notes, what breaks this down really organized really well is this video series that Lacey has called The Formula and Magnetism. Yeah, workshop. And that's available all the time yeah or? totally okay. so anytime we'll, we'll and you get four to months to work Great. through it but that'll start helping you and so that's what she was talking about yeah and clarity at the end of the day if you're not clear yet you're not supposed to be and that mm. is okay you're you're right where you're supposed to be and i know when we live in like the human experience where there is such thing as time and space it's really frustrating especially when we're in a culture that really reinforces success and needing to be clear but at the end of the day like you are picking up the tools you're supposed the lessons most importantly that you're supposed to be learning right now so yes like there are exercises you can do on clarity and tips you can do on clarity and my new work of authenticity will have stuff like that but still at the end of the day the most important message I want to impart is if you're not clear awesome like some of the most interesting people I've worked with who are older and they're like doing a whole new thing in their life, didn't have clarity, and they ended up manifesting the most interesting, clear, uh, not clear, the most interesting different things they could have never imagined. So it's like being open to the possibility, but starting to really tune in to your preference, your intuition, and opening up what possibility exists while being right where you're supposed to be is actually really, really, really special. Ugh. I love that. If you don't have clarity, you're not supposed to. Absolutely. So good. And don't like, like don't book a session if you don't have clarity with me. Yeah. Do the other stuff. Obviously, it's a far less investment, but also I can't tell you, and I hope you're not going to a psychic to try and get clarity because yeah. that could really limit yeah. your potential. Unblock, 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 and it'll come to you. Dude, the more you get rid of what's not serving you, like in the subconscious in the physical level the more things you just want and naturally desire and like are going to start showing up in your life especially if you're expanding through expanders so if you're having trouble with clarity unblock expand and also actionably and no unblock no teaches you this actionably really starting to step into what you want meaning like what makes you happy and what serves you and letting go of what doesn't it's enough to start drawing in things to you where the universe is like oh let's send them more more clear they're stepping into their authenticness so you say in the formula workshop that it's better to focus on a material thing first yeah to to try yeah and I was having trouble with that I was like I mean I want these Jesse Cam pants but like I think I I can just probably buy buy them them. yeah like yeah (laughs) like I was like dude I I didn't have like a specific clear thing like could I do a work thing absolutely okay you can call it a new apartment thing like 
it can be anything, but it's harder when people are like a better relationship with myself. They can't, if you have something like more in the physical plane, you can actually like learn the steps better and deeper and then move on to how that can be applicable and you can plug it in to more abstract things like that. Cool. But yeah, it can be anything material, you know, a relation, like anything you're wanting to work on. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm so, that's my next thing that I'm like excited it's so jazzed to dive into it'll be like a nice cozy winter oh it's thing per- to get and into. like to really start calling in the things yeah. you're wanting yeah i'm excited okay so these are less magnetism focused and more just things i'm curious about so yeah. you have such great style Thank and your you. entire aesthetic which i mentioned earlier it seems like you have this clear style and i want to know what inspires your style have you always had such a clear aesthetic any personal style tips tell me everything yeah so you know what's funny is the some of the good programming I did receive is all of the women in my family who are my caretakers so my grandmother my aunt and my mom had a bunch of them yeah had a lot of them around they're very androgynous and so they're like they're like a more masculine uh, and they all have style so when I grew up with them for instance most of my style reflects my grandmother and my aunt her name's Linda and they would all like when I wanted my engagement ring it was never like a big fat diamond or something like that it was like oh I want a men's pinky ring like a Victorian men's pinky ring. So it's always like more towards the masculine with a little feminine accents to, uh, and who knows that could be like bad programming, but I really connect to it. So when I look at like the people that I find the most stylish, probably me and every other woman it's more like diane keaton and you know more masculine energies that can also embody their feminism i love like grounding into that and then having like red lips on it or you know like really big fun sunglasses that are so flamboyantly feminine yes but really anchoring it with you know like and i think a lot of style that influences me are vintage french and british i love like a good when I look at clothes first or accessories first it's all about the cut it's never about like what the piece is or what's in style I'll see like even the skirt I'm wearing now when I saw that in the store it's like it's texture and cut so I'm obsessed with textiles meaning I love like native weaving I love a lot of like me I only wear a hundred percent of certain materials so I only wear like a hundred percent cotton a hundred percent linen oh you know I like stuff yeah, with quality a hundred percent wool felt like it has to be super quality so like the skirt I'm wearing now I'm like oh look at that cut like it flares it's so outspoken and big but it's also just black you know so like me it's always about a flamboyant touch the cut and masculinity with also a feminine accent yeah it's it's so cool I mean as much as you inspire me with the manifestation stuff I think maybe even more so is your aesthetic <laughs> and your style you. like grateful it's, no it's it's really iconic and Thank specific and, and cool it makes it fun too and it also takes stuff out of the woo-woo it's yeah like totally. in the practical in totally. the world yes material yes. like it's it's still on this plane yes yes I think that's why I can I that kind of draws me me and probably a lot of people into your work and is for that and they stay I, I've had stuff. people say that where yeah. they're like oh that's a weird gateway and then we like get in and we're like fuck yes <laughs> totally totally I'm gonna fix my childhood totally. with this woman who I just liked her shirt <laughs> totally. you know I really wanted those sunglasses yeah. and now I'm like working on my shadow yeah. it's wild it's great 
It's so great. <laughs> Thank you so much. So you said that your fiance is a designer. Does mm-hmm. that inform your style? Do you guys talk about style? I mean, it's funny because we have to we have a super similar aesthetic when it comes to like home design and stuff like that. But that's useful. <laughs> very useful very useful when you're in a relationship. But um and I wear a lot of his brand, but I because as a woman who has body issues and I'm curvy. I mean, I'm not by any means, I'm not overweight or anything, but I have like a butt, I have arms, you know, I have hips. So the way his line is called older brother. And basically I, we really jive because it's like the first unisex, totally biodegradable clothing. That's all naturally dyed, but chic and like at opening ceremony. Yeah. So we, when I first met him and he told me what he did and then I saw his brand, I was like, Oh my God, like we get each other. Wow. Yeah, but then because it's unisex the cut of the clothes which is so it's so magical some of them I'll make him like retailer them for me or I'll crop them so I always am a little bit of a rebel but when he and this is a beautiful thing about him he there is nothing about him that like desires a woman to put on like pink lingerie there's nothing like that where he thinks it's way more sexy when I put together like a really cool outfit my boyfriend and I were just talking about that yeah and I'm like oh thank god what a gift like yeah Oh yeah. my god, because I've definitely been with guys that are like turned on Ugh. by like a pink push-up bra, and I'm Ugh. like, dude, you are with the wrong woman. Yeah, that <laughs> like, makes me cringe. cringe. Like, and, and what you're saying about jewelry, like I could never Ugh. be with someone who like gave me something I didn't like. Yeah, or, like yeah, yeah. a like I just I think having an aesthetic is so important for relationships because yeah. not just the home thing, but what you're it's also All connected. I think that and having someone who for me what I know is so important to have a normal eater, what I call like oh, a normal eater. Totally. And someone who's not like, who doesn't have any kind of allergies, fanaticism, diety stuff. Like yeah. that's really important for me. And then the body image piece is totally. like to have someone, I think for all women, you know, absolutely for all people, but that's, those th- things are like so key. So key. Yeah. And it sounds like, yeah, you totally have your match with yeah. that. Which it's is funny. Important. I heard you talking about in another podcast about expanders that you have had, from TV and yeah. movies. And when I was younger, I was like in middle school and I was watching the OC. Do you oh, that show? totally remember it. Totally remember And it. I was obsessed with Seth Cohen. Oh, like he I was, was magic. He was the best. Yeah, yeah. totally. And I was like totally obsessed with him. Yeah. And my boyfriend and I met in this like very kismet way. And the first thing I thought was like, oh, that guy kind of reminds me of See? Seth Cohen. See? <laughs> Seth Cohen expanded you. Isn't that funny? You know what's so funny about this? Like I'll have clients, and I do, I say TVs are amazing places for expanding all the time. Only in... There's two reasons. One, when we're watching TV, we're in a hypnotic state. So we're already like in hypnosis, meaning our subconscious comes forward and it does it can't tell what's real or not real. So when you're seeing like Seth Cohen and Rachel Bilson having yeah. a relationship on it and you're like, I like that, or he's 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 totally attractive, he's a thing, your subconscious is registering that that's possible for you. So I have like one friend client, we're each other's clients, and she had been working on partnership for a really long time and calling in a partner, and she had grown up with a certain type of modeling, which was like very successful, Upper East Side, New York, this whole thing, Um, and then she started watching the show, uh, I've never watched it, but um, it's about the bikers. 
I forget it. It's somebody it, will know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Us. Yeah, <laughs> let us know. Right it's now. all about it's all about the bikers and they're like cool bad guys and things like that. But she started watching it and there was a guy on there that she was so attracted to and he had like the long hair and he was bad but like sensitive and he was a biker and like not like rich or anything. Yeah. And when you feel that like insane pull while you're watching people on TV where you're like, am I? There's a question where you're like am I like weirdly supposed to meet this actor and be with them in real life? All that's happening is that your soul is expressing something you're desiring that you didn't even know you wanted because of programming. So like for her, she got so into it and she even called me one day and she was like, I know that this is going to sound insane, (laughs) but am I like, I'm in LA. That's not weird. Like, am I, and she's beautiful and stuff. Am I supposed to be with him? And I started laughing and I was like, Probably not. (laughs) Maybe. Like, there's a chance of that, but most likely no. And for me, I had had similar stuff with, like, Killian Murphy's character in... uh, I just finished it, Peaky Blinders, and the same thing in Girls, uh, Christopher Abbott's character, which helped me expand knowing I wanted the partner I'm with. They just like resembled his life and physicality, and he was a bad boy, but now he's a good boy, and all these things. So what's so funny about her is literally that same week she called me, she was standing in line at Rose Cafe, and she looks over, and there's a guy who looks has all the same characteristics of the guy in the show who comes and talks to her, and now they're like living together and in love. So it was her expander. That's all her soul was communicating to her. Like, wake up. Like, there's a reason you're not attracting in your partner. Your soul is desiring this experience. So that's where deep programming and expanders are so powerful. So powerful. Okay, I wrote this down too, in all capital letters, romantic relationships. I've heard you say that you kind of specialize in relationships. So one thing I I usually ask for these sort of quick fires is greatest lesson on. So greatest lesson, greatest advice if you kind of had to boil it down on romantic relationships. In a nutshell, it here is the energetic of attracting in your partner. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it, but this is the energetic where you don't settle equals your partner. Mm -hmm. So the magnetism of relationships is not settling, not sleeping with, not settling, not just dating this person because you want a free meal, not settling, passing every test that comes in that you'll, that'll make more sense when you do the magnetism (laughs) workshop, you know, the formula magnetism, but that is the energetic of attracting your partner. Obviously there's expanding and all these other things, but one equals the other. Not settling is the energetic that equals your partner. Oh, I love that. Okay, what about once you have manifested a relationship and you're in the relationship, what is your greatest lesson on maintaining and being in a healthy partnership? And, you know, here's, like, something I always want to impart on people. Everyone thinks when you manifest something, it's happily ever after. That's, like, this is the, that's what makes it the cure-all. That's why people Mm -hmm. seek it. Never, ever, ever is that the case. Like, if we take away the human body, the human experience, time and space, and we just go into energy, the reason why things are coming into our life is to knock us into our authentic selves. But the universe is going to send you what will um, catch your attention the most to be your mirror, to mirror back to you where you're needing to get into your own authenticness. So meaning if you're in relation, if you attract in the partner and you get them, it is not happily ever after, ever. You guys have attracted each other to be mirrors of each other of what needs to be deprogrammed, what blocks need to be unblocked, how to evolve and come more into your authentic self. So 
I always like to tell people when you're in relationship, I mean, there are all the things that we all know. Communication's key. Trust is everything. That they make you feel safe and like all those things are. That's all healthy (laughs) partnership. But on a manifestation level, I always ask people to stop focusing so much on what the other person needs to change and start, they're your mirror. What you're projecting, you're receiving. So meaning that do, do like in the formula magnetism workshop, that exercise, when your partner triggers you, don't let that energy go and don't blame them. Start to look at what about you is on it's projecting that's receiving that behavior back meaning what low self-worth thing like what's making you be able to be pushed around or manipulated or all the things that's what that's what the beauty of being in partnerships all about is how much they can reflect to you that you need to shift to get into your authentic power yeah and it helps you grow and it's always comfortable not at all and I'll do stuff all the time where I won't even have conversations with my partner he'll trigger me and I'll be feeling insecure and then I'll go and do the journaling work and I'll do the reprogramming and I'll go oh my god when I was little like my partner if he's been treating me where I'm like am I just uh you know like a trophy to this person and this isn't the case in this current partnership but when I do the work on it I'll go oh fascinating when I was little and the memory will pop up and all the things my parents had me and I was basically just a doll for them to play with they didn't really see me all the way and engage in me on the right level it's not crazy that I'm projecting and receiving that in this relationship and when I start to shift that all of a sudden our dynamic will fully change in our yeah. relationship. So I'm like, focus less on the partner and start using that as your mirror to yeah. take accountability and change. Yeah. Oh, and your relationship so starts good. changing. Yeah. And then if there's someone who can't honor that work and that shift, maybe they're not the right partner. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. Going back to aesthetic a little bit, you, like I said, have such a clear style aesthetic, but that also translates to your graphic design and the design on your website, Free and Native. Have you always had a clear, do you have a design background and like, what is your, what is your blogging advice and keeping everything? It feels so authentic and true to you. So for me... I just have always had an eye of what I like and don't like. And that was something I was never, um, when it comes again back to intuition, I was never fuzzy about that. I'm so strong held when it comes to design and I know what I like and don't like. And I don't care if it's popular or not popular. That's like cut. Huh? It's like cut. It is. Totally. It's like looking at the cut first, whether it's in style or not in style. That's And that's, again, where it's a weird way that I'm in my authentic truth. I grew up around women who had the same thing. So it's not something that I had to work on. So when it comes to like aesthetic on the blog or the way that I put out work or programs or marketing I never look and go what is everybody else doing yeah I let it download through me and I go I like that or I don't like it's again just the same preference because I know what I like and what resonates with my authenticness and what's owned is what's going to project it can be the ugliest thing on the planet or the weirdest campaign but it people are going to notice because that's the vibrate if we're saying vibration it's the projection that I'm putting out there is owned and authentic so for me I just know right away if I walk into a space I'll be like I like that I don't like that I like this I like you know if I see branding yeah it's just something we know I think everybody has that but I think that people could have been um 
you know, shamed or it wasn't, they, they were told in a household where they had a totally different aesthetic to the people raising them that that's bad and that's stupid and that's ugly or it's not good enough. And so they dim that and they don't trust their intuition anymore. Or even for like graphic design specifically, people are like, well, it won't sell or people won't like it if it's not this, like what's trendy right now. Totally. And so I talk to people about this all the time because I see copying so much. I get copied all the time. It's constant. And I tell everyone, like, there's a great article on this on the blog called Authentic. Mm. Google it because I'm victim. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I'm victim to it, too, when I first started out. And I look. So when I first was guided to start free and native... Nothing like that really existed, especially that I was aware of. Everything in the like holistic blog realm was all really crunchy or really fitness. There just wasn't a masculine, more aesthetic thing. And so when I put it out, it was like people just noticed and things came to me because I was so in my authenticness with it. And then I started to look at what other people were doing. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should do that too. Or I'm inspired by that. I'll try it. And it never worked for me. And I learned so early on. I mean, like year one, I put my blinders on and I don't look at what anyone's doing. So if I'm like anyone's in my field and I see that they're moving into my lane, it's an unfollow, not in a mean way, but it's because I don't want a psychic trespass on anything that they're doing. And why that is, it's not like... A kindness. I mean, it is a kindness, but I know with like, how do I put it, with a 100% guarantee stamp that if I listen to every download that comes through and I honor every authentic, like, knowing that works for me and I put that into the world, that's what will create success right away. If I start getting... Um, it's the same thing as boundaries, manifestation boundaries. If I start letting other people sink in and then I do this and I'm listening to stuff that's not right, that's yeah. when things get fumbled and things tune out. So if people are trying to grow their brand or they're in the arts or they're in anything, tap in to what you like, put that into the world, whatever you're most confident in. Yeah. Not because other people are doing it, not because you're inspired by it, not because it's the style right now it will translate. My brother, he reached out, I think he's 19, and a couple of years ago, he's like, I want to start a blog, I, but like, I'm wondering, you know, should I make it about this? It seems like people are blogging about that. And I was like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you need to blog about, if you want to be a blogger, it needs to be your uttermost obsession. So if your thing is like, a nickel collection and that is the thing you are obsessed yeah. with it will translate to people and you will not get sick of blogging about it because guess what's going to happen in six months you're not going to write a want to write another right. post again so I always tell that like please start to honor your authenticness yeah. and get into your thing and if people because I know copying is such a big thing for people yeah. if that's happening like for me it's an instant unfollow it's an instant boundary not because um I'm being mean, it's because I'm creating space to get back into my like utter authenticity. Yeah. This was so helpful for me to hear because I I had this blog starting out when I started in college and I it was called The Wellness Wonderland. And yeah. I loved it and it was this wonderful thing and this podcast used to be called The Wellness Wonderland. And then mm-hmm. when my book came out, my publisher was like, We want it to be your name, we yeah. want it to all be under this umbrella. So I was like, okay, okay, okay. So I just, I let go of this thing, the wellness wondering, which actually kind of served me because it wasn't super wellness focused. I yeah. realized that wellness is an umbrella that comes, you know, focuses on lots of different totally. things. Totally. So 
that was fine to get rid of that name, but the way that I had someone build me this website that was following all the way that the, my photo oh, and the no. this and the that. And I, I can feel it all right now. Yeah, yeah. and, it's, and I, I'm, so I cringe, but it's still the website I have. Mm. And there's, there's parts of it that are me because, you know, I like the photo that my friend took of me and, I you know, whatever. Yeah. But I'm really in this redoing right yeah. now, and, and you're actually going to be the first episode of my new <gasps> season. Yay! Yeah, oh, and so, so I had this amazing, beautiful artist. Her name is Zoe. She made a new collage. She's a awesome. collage artist, and Great. she like, made a new album cover, and just all these things that are cool. so me. Perfect. And it's, just an, it's like a, a shedding all these layers, but I'm really going back to this the way this Wellness Wonderland website looked, uh, which my boyfriend at the time built when I was in college. Yeah. Who, like It was just, he, we didn't copy anyone because yeah. I didn't know anything totally. else existed. Yeah, it was so authentic and so truthful. Yeah, yeah. and I'm the way that the new way I want everything to look is much more similar to that than what it's been it'll be so much more successful like watch anytime I just I know it it always yeah and I like I watch it over and over again when I see people looking to other lanes and I'm just like I can see how quick that's gonna burn like yeah here's another great thing I see people popping up all the time that are like manifestation guides and and I'm like people will send it because I mean when I launched the street, nothing like that. Ex- right. Like manifestation's been around forever, but never an advisor or a coach yeah. or a guide or something. And I watch it, and I'll get a little laugh, and I'll be like, "Ah, oh, that'll burn out just as quick as it's because yeah. it's not going to take them anywhere because it's not their authentic truth. Right? They're they were inspired by something, and they're like, "Oh, that looks like a way if I can follow. That's a better thing than calling myself a life coach. I'm right. gonna do that, you know." And I'm right. like, "Good luck. What? Like, we'll see." Yeah. <laughs> do you feel like with this work, you would ever potentially, as you grow? train other people to I do we have like a teacher training in the world oh cool yeah. very cool exclusive it, it, yeah it's it'll be good it's also just because I can't really take yeah. privates that much anymore and yeah. I, I'm trying I'm growing away more from privates and much more to like helping people on a far bigger yeah. level than one-on-one and so I look forward to being yeah. able to yeah. teach I figured you did or I was giving you like a fantastic <laughs> business idea it is a great one it's like the next it would be the next thing to do but it's also hard with it because I'll have to find people who can really read energy yeah that's the only that's been the only hard component because a lot of people email in wanting to like apprentice and yeah and it's like if you're not what makes me successful at what I do is because I I come from nothing I went through every rock bottom you can imagine and I have a really weird gift of energy and patterning of being able to decode it and then when you find the formula, like that, anyone can learn a formula. And also, you meant, you forgot a bunch of things. You're also really articulate yeah, and magnetic <laughs> and beautiful you. and like all these things. But Thank you so yeah. much. But like anyone without those could do this with the formula. But unless they really understand the yeah. bottoms of things, so how deep the threshold is. When you've gone through a rock bottom, like when a client's in it, I love it because they're experiencing how low they can go and how much they can trust the universe. Meaning like if they're the brokest they've ever been and they've lost everything, that fear is gone. It's right. no longer going to be a there. fear again right. of like, right. what if I, cause that's what stops us so much mm-hmm. from doing stuff is like, Oh my God, I've never been single. What if this person leaves yeah. me? And who am I? Once you face that fear, you're like, Oh fuck it. I'm so empowered. Yeah. Your threshold gets a lot greater. Yeah. So that's why like, 
people I train, teacher trainings, like they're going to have to have been through those things. They have to understand energy so I can teach that to them on a deeper level. So it's tricky, like having to hold that and find those people who can really, because like, obviously I'm (laughs) result-based. Like I share testimonials constantly. Like that's really my thing. I want people manifesting. It's not... It's not like Anastasia where you can teach anyone to do a brow, you know, right. like there's so other, which that is the model, right? Like yeah. you, you have all these people working under you and that's the model that makes it financially yeah. successful. But for me, it'll have to be different. You right. kind of have to pick people and groom them. And I can tell you're so authentic that to put your name onto anything, yeah. it's going to have to be. They have to be able to be successful. Yeah. yeah. We, we touched on this a little bit, social media. And how do you handle that? It's hard, <laughs> how do you handle man. your relationship with your phone and being present? Yeah. You seem to have such a nice balance. You're, you're so authentic and you're, you're one of my favorite people that I follow. And I Thank you. keep that tight too, you know? Thank um, you. How do you personally handle that? So it's tricky. So for me, something that's like probably a huge cat out of the bag, I don't look at um, a lot of... Like I tune into when I post something in analytics and things like that, but I don't actually scroll through Instagram itself that much. It was too activating for me. I would find too many people copying me or using my language or using my photos or where I was finally to a point. For me, the only thing that bothers me, it's it's not a scarcity that they'll take it. It's like, man dude can't you be your own like there's something there where I'm such a loyal and loving person yeah and I want everybody to find their authenticity yeah that I'm so it was too activating so I don't look at it that much or for psychic trespassing or seeing things where that don't inspire me I just don't want the programming around so I don't look at that much but um I am on my phone a lot it's a different type of addiction in fact it's funny because you hear all these tech people now in Silicon Valley are going back to flip phones because really, yeah, they're like when they like, they know way, obviously way more than we do. And they're like in the next 10 years, a phone will be more addictive than a cigarette. Like it's so, so they're like, Whoa, you have all these tech people going to flip phone, like super beta analog phones because of how much we don't even realize how addicted we're becoming and it is a hit of serotonin yeah. and happiness every time or I look at a light. It's a tune out. Tune out. Know? Quick. It's exactly. Like I'm in line instead of we're missing boredom which I think is such yes. a useful thing. And think of our neural pathways every instant that we're looking. It's just crazy. And then my meditation teacher, I do Vedic meditation and she said during the training she was like the stimulation we experience in one day was a lifetime 200 years ago for somebody. So imagine oh our nervous God. system. So it's so insane. And I don't have a real balance down. And because of the business aspect of what I do, I have to be on emails a lot, even though I have you know people who yeah. are working. But there are a lot of emails that like only I can answer. So I have yeah. to be present still. Yeah. So... It's so tricky. And then I have a whole nother component of like um, people DMing me. That's like something Another I'm trying inbox. to... Yeah, my inbox. My inbox because I'm so yeah. productive and I need things. I'm so controlling that if there are red, you know, no, dots. I have that too. Oh. And there's so many. Like now, well, <laughs> Instagram is like another oh. email. It's, yes. Yeah, it's... 
it's so much to navigate. So I don't have a balance. I don't have yeah. it figured out. Okay. I go through spurts. Well, and... next podcast. Yeah, maybe like maybe I'll have a hack on that. And yeah, like you and year. me will be on flip phones. <laughs> I would love to go back. Yeah, to maybe that. we just get them for each other. Totally, that'd like, be great. Yeah. We'll start that like revolution. a walkie-talkie. Yeah. yeah, we'll make it cool. Or like we'll vintage phones, and we'll have yes. the, like, the cups with yes. the Yes, ideally that's what I want. Right, that's the perfect. I'll send connection. you tea infusion like over a bucket. <laughs> That would be amazing. <laughs> That's oh awesome. Um, okay, this is my favorite question to ask everyone who comes on the podcast because I'm nosy and it's yeah. like a, a window into their lives, which I love. So morning routines. Yeah. What are maybe the first few things you do when you wake up in the morning and then evening routines? What are the last few things you usually do in the evening to relax and, and shut down? And yeah. Oh, man. This is hard. I might... I'll put it this way. When I was just blogging and just starting out, I had so many beautiful rituals I would do. And now I'm so busy that it's such a joke. Uh, I look back and I'm like, I had it all figured out then. So now it's constantly in flux. It changes all the time. But I am so sacred about my... From when I wake up to 11 o'clock, I wake up like five or six until 11 o'clock and I don't start work or take clients until that point. I mean, I'll answer emails or get things off to the people who work with me, but I don't, um, I don't like engage with clients. I don't engage with anything that calls, anything I have to be on before 11 because that's my time where I eat. I go and work out, I meditate, I do kundalini, I do anything that's going to really set the tone for my energy um that's sacred because my endocrine system is sensitive that when I work with clients it takes everything out of me it's wild it's just I'm so depleted at the end of the day and then a very sacred thing I do every day after clients is I get a massage it's indulgent but it's the only way my nervous system can be healthy yeah so there's that and at night like the good old Epsom salt bath I love as much as possible um, I meditate at night and that's when I do because I do and blocked myself all the time my own courses I'll, I'm always in one right now I'm back in reparent so me it, too yeah, yeah we're in it together it's like a group it's like Yay. a 12 step group yes. <laughs> so I'll do that at night because I'm more relaxed and that kind of but I don't it's really helpful to hear that you're still doing reparent yeah and that because I think for me I thought like oh it's going to take me so long to heal this stuff and mm-hmm. to know that that you do that's really helpful yeah I mean I tell people it's it's such a process but anytime you're triggered there's something there you have to work on like that's there's something to look at and so I let being triggered be my roadmap to go what's hiding down there (laughs) like what what you know limiting belief low self-worth unlovable what's down there that needs looking at it's so cool okay going back to the morning so do you have like a go-to workout routine or breakfast? Do you do different things? What's kind yeah. of Yeah, so because I have endocrine issues, uh, meaning like I have adrenal issues and hormone issues, I have to eat protein within an hour of waking up. It's the only thing that'll stabilize it. So I do that, which is usually, it always varies. And I'm I'm like a poor Irish girl at heart. Like, I, I don't know, that's what I must have been many lives because, like, I can eat goulash and I'm happy. It could be like a stew and I'm stoked on it. It could be salmon with broccoli. It doesn't have to be anything specific as long as it's super protein-rich and nourishing. Cool. So that, my workout, I go... Um, I, I switch off. I do hit workouts. We have this trainer who's like 
really fascinating in LA. He's super cheap. He does for the same price, both my fiance and I at the same time in his garage. Like I feel weird even calling him a trainer. It's so fun. Did I want to go with you guys. Oh, it's <laughs> so fun and weird and it's his own technique. And so we cool. do that. And then I do hit in between that high intensity just because it allows me to work out for 20 minutes, which is all my adrenals can handle. And then I have to be done to conserve my energy. Um, and then I practice Vedic meditation. And when I do Kundalini, I have a Kriya or not a Kriya. I do like, you know, uh, I do like three Kriyas in the morning that I think really help me. And that's it. Cool. Yeah. I love that. That's my morning. What about greatest lesson on productivity, creativity, advice? You know, something I, I struggle with a lot is feeling a bit scattered mm -hmm. and unclear with all that I have to do and decision making yeah. just of like not big decisions I can get I can like kind of tune into my intuition it's the little decisions of I have so many things to do yeah. where do I start you totally know? any anything there my big thing is if it's not a hell yes then it's a no mm. if it doesn't so I do this all the time because I love um I don't know categorizing things and I love organizing things so for me if anything's coming in if it's not a hell yes then it's an absolute no it's just I don't have the energy and the bandwidth so that's press that's uh I mean just anything that could product press opportunities events I mean all of yeah. it it's an automatic no um and that's for anything to do with business and also what we'll do is we pull analytics on everything so we'll see like this is working this is making the most money for the least amount of energy or yada yada so we'll cut out things that exhaust our energy more meaning like i usually do a second social media share on facebook but people aren't really tuning into it or twitter so we stop like it's like yeah, anything that exhausts excess energy that's not successful it's gone so we're big about trimming the fat um, I'm also really learning to delegate because seeing clients all day, I can't really run a lot of the business aspects anymore. And so I brought on an incredible uh, assistant editor who's really taking over the blog and she's just so amazing. And then I have like a great creative consultant right now and there's more that I'll be hiring. So I delegate a lot. Those are my that. biggest. Like delegate yeah. if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And then cut the fat, whatever you're spending excess energy that's not giving back there's no point also good also useful okay these ones are actually kind of quicker best thing you've eaten in the last week the last indian food i mean it's so good <laughs> favorite part of your life right now oh i like this is so cliche but stepping more into my authentic self mm. it's becoming real liberating like way liberating greatest lesson on friendship Oh, vulnerability. Mm. I have none. I can't. And I'm learning that you have to communicate and be vulnerable. I, yeah, I'm that way too. <laughs> it's hard. Mm. Okay, this, this is really just a time for you to, to recommend things. So in terms of media, podcasts, music, anything, blogs, all, anything that you love. And on your blog, you have so many of your current favorites. So yeah. I thought maybe you could do maybe some all-time favorites here okay um so i usually frame this question like this you're trapped on a deserted island yeah. and you can take with you one movie one book one tv show one food one person oh jeez i'll this help is you so much it. okay yeah i'll try 
If you're, so, are you going to ask? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, well, okay. <laughs> so just say like first thing that comes to mind. So movie. Okay. Movie would be... I'm so bad at this stuff because there's so much. That's uh, okay. You can say a couple. Can I say? I'll just say yeah, like yeah, yeah. whatever you want to recommend. Favorite of all time, totally. Kramer versus Kramer. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Book. I think every woman should read Women Code. Oh yeah, I had Elisa Vitti on the podcast. Good. Every ago. woman needs to yeah. read that. Like, I'll link to that episode. I'll too. spare my favorites for the the greater good. Cool. Yeah. What about um, TV show? TV show right now I'm watching Outlander but I love so I'm a TV binger so there's any so many. a couple others that you want to say that you Ooh, love? we just I loved Alias Grace I was obsessed mm-hmm. with it on Netflix and then um, obviously everybody needs to watch Game of Thrones <laughs> duh yeah and then also I loved Godless I think Lawless or Godless oh another yeah they had show. like a pop up in New York really like, it was right next to the wings so I walked by it like every day it's like a um, yeah, it was like an experience. Wow. They had one for Stranger Things. They had one for Godless. <gasps> wow, yeah. Stranger Things too. They're yes, so, so good. good. Oh, so good. They're all so good. good. I could watch TV all day. No, yeah. I, I couldn't. I'd be depressed. But I'm obsessed with. Shows. We'll, we'll do. We'll go do your workout. We'll drink infusions yeah. and we'll have a binge day. Then it'll it's be, fine. Yeah, yeah, I feel fine about massages. It. Yeah, then like after the perfect it's perfect. Day. It's a perfect day. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then food. Favorite food of all time. Japanese. Oh yeah, we Always. already talked about that. Yeah. We covered that. And person that you'd bring with you that you wouldn't get sick of. Nobody. I would want to be alone. Mm. Yeah. Barley's not coming. Yeah. <laughs> Even though she wants to. Okay. So I always talk a bit about death. I like to talk about yeah. like sex, money, death, the things yeah. that no one likes to talk about. So what do you think happens when we die? Where are you with spirituality? God? How does spirituality play into manifestation? All of that. I'm a big... I mean, who knows? But I'm a big believer in... Uh, I love starting to learn techniques right now about like Buddhism techniques around facing death while we're alive. So in a lot of meditation, like really like a great one is sitting down and like decomposing your whole body and being dead and meditate and just facing it. That fear of like, Oh, let's see, like, let's just see how, what's the scariest part of dying. Let's just live it out in meditation and just see, then we face it and we're like, well, it doesn't have as much power over us. Right. Cause a lot of ego comes out of the fear of death and that's how a lot of societies are controlled through religions and stuff like that. So I like to see how I can kind of break that mold, but I'm a big believer in, um, reincarnation just because I see too much in my work where and also through my mom being a medium and stuff like that and communication where I'm just like yeah man I do believe that we're spirits that keep on keeping on if we're meant to you know so I do believe in that that's my own personal and then um after we die I don't know I I like I I it seems to be people who have a lot of near-death experiences seem to say the same thing, which is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, I was super curious about that. I have 10 million more questions yeah. that I could ask you and that other people asked you, but we've been talking for a million years. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing Thank this. Thank you. As you know, the name of the podcast is Let It Out. Yeah. So this is always the last question when I offer that to you to let it out. Yeah. Is there anything else that you wish that I would have asked that you never really get to talk about? Is there anything about you that's surprising that not a lot of people know or that you want to share? Jeez, I'm so honest and vulnerable and oversharing. Um, oh, I don't know. Nothing if you think of it, mind. tell me. Yes, <laughs> I'll have to like, what would be, 
I hate pizza. Really? Yeah, barley loves it. Barley loves pizza. <laughs> I even remember being little. I don't really like pizza either. Isn't that funny? I Everyone was never does. psyched about the pizza parties. I mean, I always had to like pretend I like pizza. Yeah. I really wanted like raviolis yeah. or something. But I hate, people are always like, are you going to get pizza in New York? And I'm like, no. Yeah. All, <laughs> yeah. all Italian food doesn't really interest me. Me neither. Like it's I want. too heavy. Yeah. Too like hard I, to digest. Yeah. Mexican food I like. Yeah. Indian food, Same. like any other kind, totally. like Japanese, like yeah. anything, like flavor-wise, any other food. But There's some Italian, but no, I never, ever am like, let's go to Italian, ever, ever, ever. It's so funny. Even in Italy, I always kind of get Controversial. Sick of yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get like sick of Italian food in Italy even, where I'm like, oh, I just miss like, I don't know, yeah. it's funny. Yeah, I'm the same way. It's yeah. never my go-to. No gonna piss a lot of people off this last thing we said but, but uh, i guess we'll just end it there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally Guys, I love a clean apartment, but what I don't love are the nasty chemicals found in traditional cleaning products, and that's why I love today's sponsor, Branch Basics, a very cool, sustainable, and affordable cleaning product line. Their products are all one multi-purpose concentrate that makes cleaning simple, affordable, and sustainable. All of their products are refillable and significantly less expensive than similar single-use products. They are not only safe, but their company also is eco-conscious and completely sustainable. I really love these products. They work on everything from sticky messes to terrifying stains. They have really made my life easier. I use them on everything from my laundry to cleaning my bathroom. Check them out and get 15% off your order of Branch Basic products by going to bit.ly slash L-I-O Branch Basics and entering the code Let It Out at checkout. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash L-I-O Branch Basics and enter the code Let It Out at checkout. Today's episode is brought to you in part by FreshBooks.com. You know FreshBooks. You love FreshBooks. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I use FreshBooks. I love it. It's the easy-to-use online cloud accounting software. You can personalize the colors, and you can even add your logo. It's great for sending invoices. It really makes you look buttoned up, and it's great for tax season. You can even set up FreshBooks to import expenses directly from your bank account, so whenever you purchase something for your business, it instantly uploads it to FreshBooks. I love it. And FreshBooks is ridiculously easy to set up. It's made for people who don't like dealing with numbers and their taxes. Right now, FreshBooks is offering a free 30-day unrestricted trial to our listeners. So to claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash let it out and enter let it out in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash let it out and enter let it out in the how did you hear about us section. Thank you, FreshBooks. That was the episode with Lacey and Barley, her dog, Phillips. Isn't she great? I mean, I just, I can't even with that woman. She's just a delight. I love everything from her laugh to her message, everything. It's just, it was great. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I do. Stick around to the very end. I stuck a little piece of her and I talking at the very beginning. That was just kind of silly and nice. And also, I'll tell you who's coming up on the show next week. But first... 
If you found value in this episode at all, it would be so cool if you could support the podcast. I realized I didn't really introduce myself at the beginning. If you are new, my name is Katie Delbout. I've been doing this since 2013. It's my favorite thing that I've ever done, and I want to be able to keep doing this. So if you like this, first of all, subscribe in your iTunes, on your phone, or on Spotify, wherever you listen. Subscribing really helps the show and it brings more people to it. It's all about that algorithm, and it would just be really nice. Also, sharing it with a friend brings more people to the show so I can keep doing it, and those ways cost you zero money. Another thing to do is join the listener Facebook group, which is a little club where we can discuss the episodes and anything that's on our minds or inspiring us, my book we talk about sometimes, journaling. Anyway, What we're doing now with that is there's this Patreon page and we're giving out bonuses like, you know, a book and movie club. This month we're watching Practical Magic, which I just watched for the first time. Lacey actually told me about it. It's a movie that she really likes. And oh my gosh, I'm not even going to get into it because that movie really has affected me in the best way possible. And I want to talk about it with the Patreon group. So anyway, if you want to support the show, Patreon's a great place to do that. For the Facebook group, we're now having it be a suggested donation of $1 a month. That's $12 a year. If you can swing that, great. It's such a helpful way to support the podcast and then be in the Facebook group and there's all sorts of bonuses on the patreon page like special episodes getting things early we're doing a topic of the month which this month it's about indecision and there's just a lot in there if you can't do 12 dollars a year one dollar a month we'll let you in anyway but it's just suggested and if you're in there already don't worry about it but if you want to join and support patreon that would be really cool and also the last way to support the podcast of course is supporting the sponsors. They're brands that I genuinely like and trust or they wouldn't be here on the podcast. I hope you guys loved this episode again. If you want to check out Lacey's work, the code to get $10 off is my name, Katie, and it's spelled K-A-T-I-E. I love you and I'll see you next week with a brand new episode with, drumroll, Kimberly Johnson. She is here to talk about sex and painful sex and the me too movement and pregnancy and motherhood and bodies and being a woman in the world and i haven't even re-listened to that episode yet but i did a session with her she's a vagina proctor where she actually like puts her hands inside your vagina it's very cool and different from anything i've ever done in my life and it was it was like life-changing it was it was very cool i'll tell you all about it next week but she was here in new york for a while as well i caught her i can't wait for you to hear that long episode anyway that's coming up all right now for the moment you've been waiting for the emoji for this week's episode is the dove I forgot to ask Lacey what her favorite emoji is, but she texted me the dove quite a bit and she's used it on Instagram, I've noticed quite a bit. It's a beautiful emoji, just like her, so it suits her. I'm pretty sure it's probably her favorite, even though I didn't ask her. And if you're new to the podcast, what I'm even talking about with the emoji is comment on my Instagram, this emoji, the dove, and it just is like this little fun inside joke where you comment at at me and at Lacey, she's free and native on Instagram, I'm at Katie Dalebout, K-A-T-I-E-D-A-L-E-B-O-U-T, 
you just follow us and comment and then it lets me know that you're listening all the way to the end of this very very long outro to a long episode anyway it's just fun if you want to comment i love you and i'll talk to you next week bye you're so you have such a great smile (laughs) oh my gosh thank you so do you it's a really midwestern smile it's like all american wholesome really oh my gosh i take my midwesterness as like a defining characteristic in my personality (laughs) especially in this city like don't let it everybody says it to me they're like you're from the midwest yeah do do i have like a scrunchie on like what can you tell (laughs) you're usually nice yeah like like kind happy it's it's so funny i think i'm so i got distracted because the sky look behind you the sky is so pretty right now catching it when did you catch when the sun came out for a little bit no because when i was on the train when i went on the train it was like beautiful kind of sunny and i got on the train when i got off it was pouring rain wow yeah and then it stopped but it has been shifting all day it's yeah so, and there's this i'll have to show you after but by the bathroom over there you can open to walk out to a little oh, fire cool. escape and so we kept cruising to be like is it time for a walk yet or yeah <laughs> yeah she's a little like Ugh. like very yeah. california about the rain she you really brought the nice weather though That's like it's like as saying. warm as california totally. here <laughs> The music you're hearing behind me now and all other original music in this episode is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. The album art is by artist Zoe Harmon, and this podcast is produced and edited by Amanda Sharp and hosted by me, Katie Delbout. Check out our website for show notes to everything mentioned.